All right, good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would make me Glenn Clark. Griffin's here. Prince Charles is here this morning as well. Coming up this morning, we will preview the Kansas City Chiefs as we get ready for the Super Bowl. Their color analyst, Danon Hughes, is going to join us a little bit later on. He also knows a thing or two about baseball. Dude was a uh, quite the talented two-sport athlete. We'll talk to him about the Super Bowl. Maybe squeeze in. I think he did uh, Maryland's uh, regional, if I remember correctly, last year. We I had believe, him on I talking you were about right, that. Yeah. So uh, maybe we'll squeeze in one about that. But obviously the Super Bowl takes precedence as it's coming yeah. up on Sunday night. Chelsea Jans from the Washington Post, national MLB writer. She wrote a piece about where the Orioles find themselves. Now, this was before the lawsuit was dismissed. I- I'm not sure how much that changes things, but she wrote about the big picture, some of the stuff that we've talked about where – you want to be excited about the baseball side of it. You want to feel good, but some of the lingering questions, the lingering doubt influences that. So we'll chat with her about all of that. And uh, also this morning, uh, Ken Zalis will join us. We'll make our picks for the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Super Bowl pick itself itself is irrelevant. I have clinched the, the, uh, the, the victory in our competition. Andrew Steck, I believe, somewhere in November, clinched being the worm. So that part of it doesn't matter. We are doing a side bet, however, this week. Uh, did anyone agree to get involved with our side bet? Not many people, but I can follow up like real quick with everyone. And be like, you sure you, know, you don't want to? Did, did they did they decline or just not respond? They just didn't respond to that. But part th- of that's it. the thing. You, the email didn't let. Like, you need to make sure oh, that okay. we need to know who might be in for the side bet. Because if it's just you and I, it's a little yeah, disappointing. Yeah. We'll do it. I mean, we could. We'll, We're gonna do it. We'll be able to talk a, Ken into it. It's right? a little disappointing, Charles. I don't know what the rules are for uh, student athletes at Stevenson University. Our side bet this week is that the loser has to recreate the Tom Brady thirst trap photo from earlier in the week. We need Charles' microphone on. So um, Griffin sent me the email uh, before the show, and um, I was like, he didn't mention the the loser part of it. You didn't mention that? I said, yeah, and then I looked, and I was like, okay, well. You already agreed. All right, all right, Charles is already in. So I got him in. Charles is already in. I I don't want to get you in trouble. All right, this is really important. No. I don't know what the rule. I really don't know what the rules are for these things. You're good. You're allowed to do that, right? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right. I mean, bro, I I don't. I mean, it, look in the area of NIL. I'm pretty I'll sure. Go, I'll go ask uh, our compliance person, Coach Jackie. Okay. Oh, is that is that who it is? I didn't know yeah. that. All right. Well, I think it's fine. I, I trust me. I've seen what some of the uh, the gymnasts that are getting a lot of NIL money are posting on uh, Instagram. I think you're going to be okay. So at least the three of us are in. We will see if anyone else will be have the balls to get in. They don't even need to come in and do it. They can do it at home. Yeah. For God's sakes. Let's go. What are we doing here? Some of them are, are fairly attractive. Paul's a fairly attractive gentleman. John Proctor, yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot worse. Yeah, you know, I mean. What? Paul Valley. Paul Valley. Of course Paul Valley. Paul Valley's in. in. Well, Paul Valley's in because he's good looking. He knows it wouldn't be the end of the world for him to have a, a Tom Brady thirst trap photo up on Twitter. All right, we'll do picks this morning as well. That's all on the way. Plus, we'll do fighting words. We'll try to squeeze in a movie review. Griffin told me yesterday he watched Road Trip. What was it that I told you I needed you to watch? Uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting is, Sarah Marshall. Is, watch that this okay. week. Got it? That's the next one. That's the next one. So that's all coming up on the program today. Busy Thursday edition of the show. Bet $5 with DraftKings and instantly get $200 in bonus bets for this weekend's big game. Get this and other great sportsbook promos and specials at PressBoxOnline.com offers. That's PressBoxOnline.com offers. 
I want you guys to go ahead and thank me. No, literally, go ahead, thank me. Thank me in advance. Thanks, Glenn. All right, very good. I appreciate it. Charles, I, I'd I would like to thank you as well. I would like to thank you as well. Thank you very much. All right, now, I need you to know how badly I wanted to cancel everything that we had planned to do for the show today and just spend two hours talking about Kevin Effing Durant! Oh, my God! Jeez. Uh, well, yeah, all right, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Holy crap! Woke up and felt like my house was bombed. I swear <laughs> to God, last night... I'm sitting there. I'm 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 on to season two of White Lotus. I still don't enjoy it. I want to make that abundantly clear. I don't know why I'm still watching it. I still don't enjoy it. I, I want to be a part of the cultural conversation. D- D- Dallin Cuff nailed this. I am feeling like left out because I didn't watch. Oh. Right, and everybody's talking about it. So despite the fact that I watched the entirety of the first season and was like, it's fine. I'm already watching season two anyway. And I should know better. It's it's not for me. I don't think it's as good as you guys think it is. There's, I, We can talk about it some other time. I can do two hours about that, for the record. But I'm sitting there watching White Lotus, and all of a sudden I look up, and there's old Shams, uh, the Riz God, as they call him on Twitter, which i got to be honest with you, is tremendous. Like, imagine that being, like, whatever you do in your life, there's nothing that's ever going to be better than being known as the Riz God. Like, Jesus Christ, I just quit. <laughs> just do whatever else you want to do. So I look up, and there's the tweet from Shams, and I swear to Christ, I made a noise in my house. Like, my wife was panicked about it. She thought it was something coming from the TV. She yelled down from her sleep, Can you turn it down? (laughs) Not really. Kevin Durant! So for those of you that don't know, I have been a Phoenix Suns fan since uh, 2006 when I moved out to Phoenix for two years. I spent two years wandering in the desert like uh, every young man does, trying to find themselves. Um, and I fell in love. Uh, I did a whole. We talked about it with Jeff Barker early in the week. For those that don't know, I moved out, and I, I had no team. Obviously, growing up here, we didn't have a team. I had no allegiance. Unlike some of you, look, if I, I've said this a million times, I'm overthinking it's stupid. If you guys, for whatever reason, root for the Washington Wizards or the Washington Capitals, that's your call. I'm, I don't. Whatever. I don't begrudge you that. I just never will understand feeling some sort of an association with Washington. I, I don't have any association with it. It's It means the exact same to me as Charlotte or Philly or Cleveland or any other city in the world. I don't have, other than the fact that I've been there a little bit more frequently because it's not as far away as those. That's it. I've worked there, in fact, but I don't have any like personal association. So I've never, in my life, found myself being a Washington Wizards fan in any way. So I never had a team. I get out there, it's the height of the Mike D'Antoni era, it's Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion and Steve Nash, they're scoring 130 points was a game. Was that his MVP year? Uh, I was out there for the he second. You said 06, Yeah, right? I'm trying to remember the math on that. I was out there, because he was MVP twice. God, this is going to drive me nuts. It's so funny that I don't remember, I say it's funny, it's at this point, 17 years ago. God, I am so old. Uh, and I would have been out there for the the second MVP season. I would have been out there for the 2006. Um, yes, okay. I would have been out there for that. It was magical. And as I explained to Jeff Barker the other day, they were also the most accessible organization I've ever been around in the history of doing my job. That literally, Mike D'Antoni would give you his cell phone number and say, "You want me on the show? Call me." 
I'll come on all of your shows. Mike D'Antoni would come on my shows regularly. They were happy to have players on with us. They were happy to coordinate. You want you want Leandro Barbosa to call in today? You got it. We'll do that. They it was the greatest time I could ever ask for. And as I explained to people in that market, nobody cared about the Dynamics. Nobody cared about the Cardinals. Nobody cared about the Coyotes as much as I wanted them to. Um, that was the only team in that market that people actually cared about, and the atmosphere was electric every night. You would go to a game, and it would be intoxicating. They knocked the Lakers out of the playoffs the second year I was there, and it was it was the most time I ever spent in conversation with Kobe Bryant because after one of the games, like he was just in the locker room, and we just ended up chatting for a little while. And it was like, it, as growing up a, a huge NBA fan, I fell in love. I just fell in complete and total love and then for a little while it sucked ass being a Suns fan it (laughs) sucked was the worst they were wretched they had the worst owner in sports after Donald Sterling left the Clippers it sucked now they've had a new owner for all of 12 hours and they have Kevin Durant God, and they didn't have to give up the Andre 8 in order to get him um, look, and the bummer is I actually like all the, the guy. I mean, Jay Crowder, whatever, but um, I like Cam Johnson and I, I like uh, Mikael Bridges. Actually, I think Mikael Bridges was a reg- revelation last year. Um, so it's a bummer to lose those guys, but Kevin Durant! All to lose to the Jazz in the playoffs. Yes, exactly right. They're going to lose to Russell Westbrook. I think this trade fixes some of uh, Chris Paul's problems this season. I think it. It means that he no longer... So Chris Paul has had to be... This has been one of the problems. This has actually been the biggest Devin Booker problem is that Chris Paul is their closer, right? Like, Chris Paul is the guy who every possession goes through at the end of the game. And God bless him. Look, it's been... I mean, they got him to, you know, two wins away from winning an NBA title a couple of years ago. But it's a lot to ask of someone... Trust me, I... I know what it's like to be 40. Hi, Glenn Clark over here. We're basically the same age. Um, it's a lot to ask. So to relieve some of that, I think, goes a long way. Um, I can't guarantee that it's going to lead to an NBA title, but my God, it's Kevin Durant. Trade away all of the first-round picks. Trade away every single one. And at some point, if Chris Paul retires, you still have a pretty damn good nucleus there of those three dudes and Booker, Aiton, and Durant. Um, and I get it. Kevin Durant is fickle, and at some point in two years, if he's unhappy, he might decide that he's ready to go be a whatever he wants to be at that point, an Atlanta Hawk or something like that. I don't know, but Jesus Christ, I'm excited about it. Oh, my God, I'm freaking out about it. Um, they play the Hawks tonight. I don't know if that game's on TV. i got to figure out a way to watch it. And I might have to sign up for NBA League Pass. I, is, do we know if he's playing tonight or not? Do we know yet, that yet? Yeah, get on that. That's very important. Everybody in Baltimore is have a lot of ESPN that. games. And I was looking at that 06 roster you were talking about. Yeah. Um, Jalen Rose was on that roster. And yeah, and Jalen, you know what's really funny? Jalen Rose is a great dude. Great dude. And this is a true story. I did not know that Jalen Rose finished his degree with the University of Maryland University College. So, like, <laughs> I, we were just kind of chatting about it one day. And it's the only reason I figured that out is because on his official bio, his alma mater was listed as Maryland. <laughs> and I was like, what the F? Like we know where Jalen Rose went to school. Like it's everybody on the planet. You don't have to be my age. You know that the it's one of the more legendary stories. I'm like, what the hell is that? So I just approached him about it one day, and I'm like, hey, can I ask you a question? Is reading the Suns bio, and it's got Maryland listed as your alma mater. He was like, well, yeah. I mean, 
I finished my degree there. And now all of a sudden I'm excited. I'm like, what? how did nobody know about this? Like, so I'm asking him questions about, <laughs> you know, where did you live in College Park? Like, where did you? He was like, dude, I did it on the computer. <laughs> like, I, I did university college, which ironically was how I was trying to finish my degree at the time because I had moved out to Arizona. Um, so I was trying to finish it via university college. So we ended up talking about that a little bit and connecting. And he was a great dude. I love Jalen Rose. He actually was also very willing to call into your shows. It was also 2006. There was no Twitter at the time. Like guys in general were more willing to call into shows and do media stuff. So, oh man, it was such a great. It was such a great time. But I am I'm freaking out. I'm freaking the f out about this. I am panicked. I am flummoxed. I am. I I don't know what else to say. And like it's funny because. Like I feel, I got the question from a buddy of mine who texted me this morning. Like, if if somebody had asked you about Kevin Durant forty eight hours ago, would your feelings have been more negative or positive? And I've always been weirded out by that because I, I definitely everybody who's listened for a long time knows I'm made fun of the people that have somehow made it seem like what Kevin Durant did in going to Golden State is any worse than anybody else who has attempted to go be on a team with other stars. Like, we have somehow created a disassociation for Kevin Durant because, specifically, he joined the team that had knocked him out of the playoffs the year before. Like, somehow we tried to create some sort of cognitive dissonance that, like, that's evil. Whereas, when the Celtics, once upon a time, put Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce on the same team, or Miami, or any other place... Either time that Brooklyn has attempted to do this, which is now twice, and it's failed spectacularly both times, um, we've somehow separated and said what Kevin Durant did in going to Golden State, we've held up as being individually like this embarrassing thing. And I've never been on board with that. I have never like agreed with the Kevin Durant hate. The guy won two NBA titles. You don't have to like it. You don't have to you know, root for him. I've never been bothered by it. The embarrassing thing we do, we talk about like how Kevin Durant never won a ring because we try to like invalidate the two that he won in Golden State. I mean, it just makes us look stupid. I I I get it. They were loaded. Like they were insanely loaded. But other teams are insanely loaded. Does it not count what LeBron did in Cleveland because Kyrie and Kevin Love were on the team? Like this notion that because you have other good players on the team, that means your title doesn't count? Get the entire F out of here. I have no problem with identifying times where maybe someone's individual performance was more significant. Like what Kawhi did in Toronto will always stand out. Of course, we remember that that Warriors team was decimated by injury. It wasn't the same, but it still doesn't change the fact that Kawhi like, had one of the great individual playoff runs of all time, even what Steph did last year, frankly. Like, Clay Thompson stunk in the playoffs last year. He was wretched. And Steph almost single-handedly, I mean, Jordan Poole was pretty helpful for the most part, but, like, Steph almost single-handedly carried them to a title. We'll remember that for a long time. There's individual performances that we will remember. History has allowed us to blur and make it seem like LeBron carried those Cavaliers to a title. We all remember that Kyrie Irving was a monster in those playoffs. It was absolutely ridiculous in those playoffs. Um, The Dirk title in Dallas, almost individually, like, carried by Dirk Nowitzki that I I get it like those things will remember significantly but the notion that you invalidate someone because there was other good players on the team nah you're gonna miss me with that dog like that 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 ain't gonna happen I don't have any hatred at all for Kevin Durant I get it he's been 
mercurial at times. Like, you know, he's a, he's a superstar basketball player. I know that Steph Curry's such a nice guy, but we, we clown Steph Curry for being so nice, right? Like, we make fun of him for being as nice as he is. I get that his Twitter persona has been... Like, it, there is easy fodder for making fun of Kevin Durant. I understand that. But I've never been a Kevin Durant hater in any world. I actually have always enjoyed watching him play basketball. Yeah. I, I don't feel the same way. Um, I don't invalidate his titles at all. Again, it's just, it's just again, the logistic. The, the, it looks the way he joins the team that just won 72 it's, games that beat him. It's, it's so there it's are rules. You're allowed. To, you're allowed to play I, for. And which, I don't. Which I, teams is someone so allowed to play I just don't, for? I just don't love. I don't. I don't root for Kevin Durant. I guess this one. Well, I don't. You don't have to root for yeah, Kevin Durant. Nobody's going to force you to. And I, I don't. Now under, I get to root against him more. I don't so understand. I, I guess I'm that, happy. That's the flip side of it. Yeah. I don't understand why you would root against Kevin Durant. Because I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see this like this work. You join. I mean, the team, this work. The, you join the team that beat you, and then you go and win. So I, I prefer to root for the good guys like LeBron. What is and Russell Westbrook. What does that mean? What do you think that? But this, I swear to God, I dealt with this with Kyle all the time. What do you think you're saying? I think I'm like, saying. What I statement want, do you think? I, you're I, I don't want to see Kevin Durant win. That's Why? Right. Because I I don't like what he did. You don't like that he played for the Warriors. Yeah. Because because they beat him and then he they because he won rule. 80 games in a there's, season. There's a rule. Well, they didn't win the finals. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. There's a rule that you can't join which teams. What teams are you not there's specifically? There's no rule, but it's like it's like you can't. You no, but you've you decided be, you hated somebody over the team. I didn't that they say played I hated for. him. I didn't say I hated. You him. said you don't I root. Said, you root against him yeah, because that, of the team that, that he played for. I mean, dude, if I'm going purposely to root against somebody, there's got to be something in my heart. Like I'm, I'm because indifferent. He, yeah, because because he, like, he took the. It looked weak. He what do you mean it looked easy, weak? I, I say that here, never touching yes, NBA exactly. court. This is but. what's so pathetic about saying something. It sounds like some crap that Skip Bayless would say on it on whatever channel it's he's on, and we would regurgitate because we'd have we're brainless. What what are the rules? Who is someone allowed to play for? You create your own team, I guess. But I, what I mean, does like, that mean? Create your own team. Try you try and win it, you know, try and win it on your own terms, I guess. But he's joining a team that's already established, a team that's already been good, and he's and he's gonna and then try and then gonna try and win with them rather than trying to do it where he where so he wanted where he wanted to go. Who's what is the rule for how many good players are allowed to be on a team in order for you to three. No. So if there's if there's already I, I three there's good no, players on no a team, rule. there's no rule. This I mean, is why these things are so stupid. <laughs> You've just made up something in your mind where Kevin Durant is the anti-hero, is Taylor Swift. I'm not making it up. He he is the anti-hero. He joined the team that once that set the record for wins Again, in a season. Again, what teams is he allowed him. to join? Not the Suns. Why? Or the Warriors. Why? <laughs> Because I, I think I gotta make a phone call. You do. We do have a guest coming up, but we can keep this going because I don't. You you have no idea what the rule. You've just decided that. Yeah, I that, mean, there's there, there's th this. I don't know what the rule is, but this violates the rule. It's dumb. It's it makes forcing us your way out, forcing your way out of a place that you wanted to be, like Brooklyn, and they traded away Kyrie Irving. What's he supposed to do? Sit around and wait? I guess, or, or you know, they could make another move. I, I don't know. Thank you. In the NBA, you nailed, in the it, NBA, you NBA, nailed it. Make a you move. nailed it. I heard, I heard the analyst talking about that yesterday on a couple of shows. Like, this gives KD the perfect chance to like take a team to the finals, possibly with like no help. Stages and leaves. 
I guess KD just heard that and was like, ah, yeah, now nah, I'm out of here. I mean, why does it, but, like, what, I don't understand what that is. It's this notion that that matters. By the way, again, LeBron James has never gone to a team that didn't already have established stars on it. I'm not trying to knock LeBron yeah. James. I think LeBron James is the best player of the era. By, by, not by far, but, you know, significantly, he's the best player of the era. But for some reason, we like LeBron James. It's okay, although, of course, once upon a time it wasn't. Everybody was mad at him about how he handled the move to Miami. It's okay that LeBron James has never gone to a team that didn't already have established stars on it. That's okay. But Kevin Durant isn't. We hold the two of them in different worlds. We pretend like LeBron carried those Cavaliers instead of acknowledging he got Kyrie Irving. It's... It's it's weirdo stuff, the way that we do this. We're creeps. We have just decided that our hatred for Kevin Durant is going to be what, like, we have to have a heel. And so we just decided that Kevin Durant's going to be the heel. And, like, in a weird way, I kind of get it. I always like having somebody to root against. So I'm a pro wrestling fan. I know why heels are, are so good. But my God, man, like, we can't define it. We just decided you're not allowed to do that. Do what? Join a team that beat you in the playoffs. Specifically, that's the rule. If they beat you in the playoffs, you can't play for that team. That's the rule. If you lost to them, you have to now be hellbent for the rest of your life. You have to be like Rocky training and only caring about one team. What if they're gutted the next year? Then are you allowed to join them? What if they don't have any good players on their roster? Then are you? We don't know what the rules are. We've just decided that Kevin Durant violated them because we're pathetic, because we stink, because we are lame and need someone to fuel our hatred. We need the good and evil, and I've never been on board with that. Now, look, I'm going to be a Kevin Durant fan now. I was never a big Kevin. I wasn't like I was openly you know, Kevin Durant fan number one or something like that, but I'm going to be today. Get me a jersey or something like that, man. I'm all in. Plays are my team. That's the way that it goes. But I've just, I've always found it sad and pathetic the way that as basketball fans, we've treated Kevin Durant like he was some sort of pariah because he did what everybody else in this era does, which is try to be on teams with other good players. That's that's all we do. The first opportunity every player has I mean, it's maybe unfair. I guess Damian Lillard has stuck around in Portland. It's not like everyone has gone out. I mean, Bradley Beal, for God's sakes. Yeah. Jesus. That poor that poor guy. God damn, Living man. it up in the Capital One. I mean, just imagine imagine that being your life. Like, Yeah, you know what? It's a great point. He, he's not Kevin Durant. Instead, he never got to experience anything that matters ever. In his professional basketball life. So, Would have been okay with him going to the Suns. So he's allowed to go to the Suns? Yeah. But they already have three good players on that team. So why would he be... Because he wouldn't have fit because they have yeah. Book. But. Yeah, that'd be pretty redundant, I think, yeah. between he and Devin Booker. What What are the rules again? There's no specific rules. Of course there's no rules! You just want to hate <laughs> someone! Well, from where I stood, like when he went to Golden State, it didn't sit right with me, but then I had a change in how I felt after... He left, and the same people that kind of hounded on him for going to Golden State hounded on him again for, like, 
why are you now leaving all this talent? Why are you leaving this such a all good team? So insanely stupid. And we don't. We like, don't. Ah, we have. There's no win for him. We are. I felt bad. We yeah. are without scruple. We are completely unscrupulous. Like we have. No, we just decide that we want to hate somebody. And again, once upon a time, it was LeBron. We hated LeBron for how he left for Miami, completely ignoring that Boston had done this thing first. Like, we utterly pretended like that wasn't a thing. Like, the Celtics weren't the start of the super team concept. And once the toothpaste was out of the tube, you don't put it back. The idea that everybody was going to watch Boston go win an NBA championship and be like, God, that's unfair. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have other good players on our team. Instead of saying, like, maybe we should try to put together the best teams. Stop. You guys are embarrassing. Um, anyway, I said I wasn't going to talk about it for two hours, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Swear to God. I don't know where our guy Danon Hughes is, though, because he could have broken things up. Uh, I imagine it's a busy week for him, however, so maybe I'll be willing to give him a pass. Um, a couple of things quickly. Uh, I wanted to comment on, by the way, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, to ch- you, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. I wanted to comment on, I saw a lot on social media about this one image from the other night when LeBron broke the record. And the image that everybody's clowning is pointing out that everyone, other than Phil Knight, is holding out their cell phone as LeBron is taking the shot. And there seems like there's almost, I don't know if it's even generational as much as Everyone on Twitter has decided that it's embarrassing that everyone who was at the game couldn't just live in the moment and had to have their cell phones out to record it. Uh, The comparison was made to, you know, some tweets showed that shot uh, juxtaposed against, you know, Michael Jordan hitting the shot against uh, uh, Byron Russell and the Jazz in the NBA Finals back in 97. Of course, you know, when nobody could record film on their camera, so great compare on their phone, so great comparison. Um, and I'm I'm gonna go a little bit of a different way here. One, every single person that's trying to make fun of people on the internet for having their cell phones out in that moment would have also had their cell phones out in the moment. I want to be abundantly clear about that. It's the thing where you think you're supposed to, it it sounds really it's almost like hating Kevin Durant it sounds like you're smart it sounds like you're saying something so you feel the need to say it but you ain't saying s you absolutely 1000% if you were in the building the other night and you suddenly see everybody going to grab their camera and you realize oh crap he's two points away like you would have grabbed yours as well now let's talk about why because the why to me is really interesting and it was something that i was thinking about a lot as I was watching this unfold on social media yesterday. The why is, is genuinely fascinating because the why, for some people, undoubtedly is about clout, right? For some people, they're grabbing their phones because they want to prove to their friends that they were there. They want to prove to their friends that they experienced it, that they've got more money, that they have the ability to buy tickets or they know someone, they have a connection, that there is a pathetic existence for a lot of people on Instagram, wherever it is, about trying to prove that you have a certain life 
to mask your insecurities for whatever reason. It's sad. It's pathetic. Undoubtedly, some of the people that were there for that reason, and some of those people grabbed their phone for that exact reason. reason. They want to shove it up their friends' asses that they were able to be there for the record-setting game. But for other people, and I feel this way, I went to see uh, J. Roddy Walston at the Auto Bar on Saturday night. And I want to make it abundantly clear, that gets you zero clout. None. The overwhelming majority of people in my life don't know who J. Roddy Walston is. The Auto Bar is a venue that comfortably could fit a couple hundred people, most. Uncomfortably, we were on Saturday night because there were a lot more people there than that. Quite uncomfortably. At one point, a friend of mine wandered in and was like, hey man, I'm in the back. And I said, I will see you the next time I see you because I can't move. There are too many people in this room right now. I say that to say that Despite the fact that it got me nothing in the way of clout, I pulled out my phone on Saturday night when I was at the auto bar watching J. Roddy Walston. And the reason I did that is because I realized some time ago that it does feel good to be able to go back and relive things that you experienced in your life. And I have far more context for that at the age of 39. Look, I, you know, I'll, I'll be open about this. I deal... I, you know, I've I've openly talked about the fact that my you know, childhood best friend passed away a couple years ago, and I deal with grief. And the single biggest thing that helps when I'm struggling with grief is going back and and pictures and stories and things like that. It's the the single most significant way for me to deal with grief. And I end up kicking myself, like, why didn't I take more pictures? Why didn't I? take more videos. It's why I'm so constantly posting pictures and videos with my kids. Every day I pull up that uh, memories thing on Facebook and go back and look, and then I get to show my kids, like, hey, do you want to see what you looked like when you were two? You don't remember this at all, but do you want to see what we were doing? Uh, This morning I was reminded that uh, three years, or I guess before the pandemic, so four years ago, when my sons were four and one, we had them at, it was, I think, the first time we took them to a Towson basketball game. And there's pictures of them with the mascot, and, and we go all the time now, so it's not quite the same thing, but they like that. It's neat. So if I had been there on Tuesday night, I don't really care. Like, I, I respect LeBron James. I'm not a LeBron James fan, like, in the way that it, it's personal in any sort of way. Like, I... I I have reverence for him as, you know, the greatest basketball player of an era, but I'm not, you know, A number one. I don't have LeBron James posters on my wall. I've never owned a LeBron James jersey. But if I was there, I'd do the exact same thing because I'd want to remember it. And that's okay. This notion that people try to pass along like it's some sort of disqualifying thing for this generation that they film things. Like, there are issues. The clout thing is pathetic. It's sad. I don't know if it's generational. I, I, I think people of my age still deal with that. I think there are a lot of people that have clout problems. I try to be cognizant of that. Like, when I share something, I, I try to be careful about it, that it doesn't come off. Sometimes I just don't share things. I just, I just don't. Because I realize, like, I just kind of sound like a douchebag if I share this. I share pictures 
because they mean something to me and because I want to see them. And if you don't like them, I don't give a rat's ass. Like, I, I, you're not going to believe this from looking at everything that I've done on social media over the years. I don't care about that stuff. Now, I get yelled at all the time by people in this business. Hey, you got to do a better job. You should be responding to other people's tweets. You should be replying because that's the best way to go about picking up followers. I'm good, chief. I'm good. And again, I get it. It would be good for my career. I just have no interest in being that guy that just goes and responds to every tweet all day. It's, I, it's a sad way of living, man. I'm not that dude, but I want it for me. When we all get away from Facebook, I, I realize, and maybe they do the same thing on Instagram. I don't know. I'm not on Instagram as heavy. That thing where they show you what you were doing on that day is the best thing in all of social media. No, the two things are the best things in all of social media. One, reliving your own experiences. Two, knowing when somebody else's birthday might be. The best things that are offered by social media. Of course, they're not the things we care about the most. The things we care about most, again, clout. You know, creating some image of yourself, whether it's true or not. But the best things about social media are the ability to relive your experiences and, again, knowing when somebody else's birthday is so that you could be a half-decent friend. So the clowning of everyone holding out their phones the other night? Pathetic. I mean, pathetic. It's, it's redirecting our own insecurity about something, what it is I don't know. Like It might be our own insecurity about, again, generally how things have gone, I get it. I'm frustrated whenever whenever I'm somewhere with other people and my wife like pulls out her phone and is clearly looking at memes because she's disinterested. It infuriates me. It infuriates me. Hey, be present. Be involved in this conversation. But trying to capture something for yourself so that you can relive it and you can remember the experience and in 10 years... When the memories start to get a little fuzzy, you can look back and say, wow, that was really cool. I got to do that. That's fun. Uh, we had a former editor at Pressbox, and she's now um, she's got a, 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 a chief position at the uh, Merrill School at, of Journalism at the University of Maryland. Her name is uh, Caitlin Wilson. And Caitlin, I don't think ever, she even knows this, but once upon a time she was on a trip to, I want to say, Italy, and she posted a picture, and she captioned it, and it's something that stuck with me for a long time. She said, the memory of a day like today can carry you for the rest of your life. And I've attempted, like literally since that moment, I've attempted when I was experiencing things to try to live in it because of that. Because she's right, and I felt that in particular as I was dealing with my own grief about my friend dying. Those memories, absolutely, on dark days, on days where you're struggling, on days where you're going through it, on days that suck, on days where, you know, you book a show and the guests don't post and the, the equipment doesn't work and you wonder what the hell it is you're doing with your career. That's the type of thing that carries you on those days. That's the type of thing that, hey, today's not great, but remember what I got to do? Remember that thing that stuck with me for forever? And so I attempt. 
And pictures help with that. And videos help with that. Remembering the things that you got to experience are wonderful. So I got no vitriol at all for the people that had their phones out the other night. In fact, it's the exact opposite. If I had vitriol for anyone, it'd be the people that are making fun of them. Because that's a memory that I'd want to have for the rest of my life. That's a memory that I'd want to be able to relive eternally. Again, if it was about clout, you know, seek help. And I mean that. Like, I'm not trying to say that in a flippant way. I think there are people that really should, that would benefit from just, you know, some therapy. Therapy is a good thing. Go get it. But for those that just want to, like me at the J. Roddy Walston show the other night, where, again, there was no clout to be had. Zero. That improves. Nobody is like, oh, man. Look how cool Glenn is. Well, you never know if you don't post it, maybe. You think that suddenly there's yeah, a world suddenly in which like, oh, Jay Roddy Walls under the auto bar is going to get me a ton of clout? And like, all of a sudden, like, dude, I look at Glenn a completely different way, man. Yeah. He was at a dive bar on Saturday night watching a, a, a musician that nobody's heard of. Yeah, but to your exact point, uh, like a couple months ago when I was at the Steelers game, I my friend took a video like during Renegade, yeah. and I was looking for that video like last week for some reason, and I couldn't find it. I realized he took it, and, you know, and he had it, and he sent it to me. And it was, you know, it was nice to... To remember to, that it was, was a there cool and, thing that yeah. you got to do. Yeah. I got to do a thing. I got to go with my friends to a football game, and that was fun. That was a cool thing that I got to experience, and I want to relive that. It's not a. It's clearly not about clout. That was a nondescript podunk right. football game that no one gave a rat's ass about. But you got to experience it with your friends, and so you want to be able to relive that. That's a good thing. That's cool. Again. I don't know the motives of every person that was at that basketball game the other night. And undoubtedly, some of them aren't really fans. They're just people that, again, clout. I keep using the word clout. They were just there for the clout. They were just there to be – and that's a different thing. But I think undoubtedly for a lot of people, the moment was something that they wanted to experience and live in and remember. And even in the, the music world, there are bands that get frustrated when people have their phones out. Like, dude, be in, be in the moment. Live in it. I hate looking out and seeing a bunch of phones. Like, the, the, what you're missing is that I want to live in the moment again. I paid for a ticket, and that, that event expires in three hours. But the moment can carry with me for the rest of my life. And I want to recreate that moment eternally. I know that guy, the guy kind of deep. I don't, it was a little all over the place with that one. But I just saw that yesterday, and it really stuck out to me. It makes me think of, like, how the Super Bowl this weekend, like, it's seen as an accomplishment that, like, classic shot of all the cameras uh flashing in the stands right mm-hmm. before the kickoff mm-hmm. like that scene is an accomplishment like the growth and progression of where we are as a society and like a sports it's interesting like that's interesting it's an interesting know. way of looking at it i you know i don't I, and there and to bring it back to the nba like where was this slander when on kobe's last game and everybody's I mean, I, I think it was just because of this one image, right? Like, no, I think it, it was unique to that. Cause it's people it's were that similar it. KD hate that LeBron gets as well. Like, those are two players that's very 50-50. You either love them or you hate them. Right. So they have their large audiences that like them. But I don't think but this, this wasn't about – this was about the fans. This, like, this it wasn't unique to LeBron, right? They were, it was but it was – it's still kind of about LeBron because they brought the Jordan into it. And it's like, right. it's that that's because well, it's because they right, juxtaposed right, it with right, that right, game six right, shot. Yeah. Well, and, as I said, that's yeah. insane. There right. were there were no cell phone exactly. cameras then. Like what exactly? What, what are we yeah. doing? Like what in what world are these two things? People similar? should have had like a notebook out writing. This isn't just that's not just <laughs> apples. Right, right. <laughs> that's Polaroid. A, that's good. That's not neither one of those is bad. 
Um, dude, there's nothing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. I, again, there are deeper issues, and there are things that people should deal with, and they should reconcile. You know, their their attempt to create a life that isn't actually theirs and how fake they might be on social media. Those are different conversations. But in general, for an awful lot of people, and again, as someone who was at an event this weekend that was definitely not LeBron James breaking the all-time scoring record, but yet was still feeling like I wanted to remember it. I want a year from now to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, yeah, J. Roddy Walson played one of my favorite songs. He played Midnight Cry. I love that song. Like, I want to feel that on February 4th, 2024. And the only way to do that is take a picture, take a video. Now, again, the bit where people are, like, taking videos of the entire show, like, okay, yeah. like, settle down. <laughs> settle down. That's way too much. I took – the longest video that I took was one minute. One minute of one song. Because then that's enough for me to be able to get the feeling back, to be able to say, right, I remember that night. That was a cool night. My buddy Chad Lamasa, longtime listener, invited me out. That was neat. I love Chad, right? Like, I appreciated him doing that. That was cool. I wanted to go fun and that's all i need all right i, I don't know i was gonna say it's not a sermon a sermon it's just a thought but it almost felt like a sermon like that might have actually been a sermon this morning when we come back in we are going to talk some baseball chelsea janes of the washington post she wrote at length about the totality of what the orioles have going on both on the field and off the field it's a complicated picture we're going to talk to her about that next it is a thursday edition of glenn clark radio Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, 
life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Hey, Stan the Fan Charles is back tonight. I mentioned earlier in the year that he had to do a skip Monday night show because of a bit of a personal issue, and I don't know if he's going to talk about that or not, but uh, we'll find out tomorrow when he joins us in studio. He's back tonight. Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein will be joined by UMBC basketball coach Jim Ferry. You can check that out, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, you can find it youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan the Fan Charles, Gary Stein, and UMBC basketball coach Jim Ferry. After they got a nice win last night against NJIT, they had hit a little bit of a funk, so it was good for them to get a win. Towson got a win last night. Navy got a win last night, so a good night local hoops-wise last night, and you'll be able to watch that tonight again, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. It is a Thursday edition of GCR. Uh, quickly, I saw yesterday that like Roger Goodell, during his annual press conference, tossed out the idea of flexing primetime games in the future. And uh, primetime, I mean, obviously they, they flex Sunday night games. We're talking about Thursday and Monday. It gets really tricky. It gets really, really tricky. And the amount of like money people have to spend to try to travel to games. It's one thing if you're moving a game from four o'clock to eight o'clock, right? Like, not the end of the world. Taking a game that's scheduled for a Thursday, like let's say the Ravens are tr- are playing in Nashville, because they go to Nashville next year. They go to Nashville. They go to Arizona. There's some uh, desirable trips. Let's say the Ravens are going to Nashville next year, and that game is scheduled for early December on a Thursday night. And thousands of Ravens fans go ahead and book travel, make their plans around being in Nashville on a Thursday night. And then all of a sudden, right, and like the Titans don't have a quarterback next year. It's, everything's a disaster. And that game doesn't look so hot. So they're like, mm, we could put a better game on Thursday night. And they move the game to Sunday. How many people just put out a ton of money that are going to be harmed by that? I get it. We want the primetime games to be better because it's the one game that's on. I just think that's a uh, it's you're asking I think there's going to have to be a limit to it like you have to decide by like a month out whether that game is going to be in prime time or not I think that might be the way it has to go Joining us now she is national baseball writer for the Washington Post and she wrote a uh, lengthy piece last weekend about the big picture of where the Baltimore Orioles are both on and off the field and it is complicated we've talked a lot about it over the course of the last couple of weeks She's Chelsea James, and she's with us now here on GCR. Chelsea, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Chelsea, it was interesting after I read your piece because, of course, the news early this week was that, you know, like the lawsuit between the Angelos family had been dismissed. And, and I, and I was trying to ask smart people this, I'm not even really sure how much that changes things, right? Like, I guess it's one less complication that the Orioles are dealing with, but everything else remains very unsettled like the long-term ownership picture of the franchise how much money they might be able to spend at some point to fortify this roster as as much as like it seems like it's a good thing that at least the owners of the team aren't suing each other any longer I'm not sure that it really changes all that much about what you wrote 
That that was my read as well. I think, you know, so much about that family still remains kind of murky right now in terms of what are their intentions? You know, is if Peter Angelo dies, do they sell? Are they going to sell before that happens? Who who gets to say if they sell? And, and the fact that they no longer have sort of this, this messy lawsuit happening, I don't even think uncomplicates that. It just sort of takes away some of the, the public embarrassment involved. So it's, it's really a strange situation. And I, you know, it was great that they got that out of the way because I think it was sort of an, an unforced error on the part of the Angelos family PR wise. But yeah, I think there's, there's still a lot of questions to be asked there and, and you really can't necessarily trust the people giving you the answer. Right. I understand that. I, and it, it feels like, you know, this it's an awkward conversation to have. I've brought up a few times, Chelsea, I tried on this show to not harp about all these other things because I get it. There is a lot of optimism for good reason in Baltimore. There's a lot of excitement about what they've built and what's still to come within their own system. But the question I keep asking is, at some point, if it requires them to spend money to fortify the roster, they didn't do it this offseason, but, you know, I can kind of give a pass for that. I can say, hey, I still think on the field there are pieces that they want to see a little bit more of to know definitively whether they're going to be a part of this thing in the championship sort of push I can in a perfect scenario say I get it. they want to see more of Austin Hayes they want to you know maybe see a little bit more of Jorge Mateo before they decide one way or another if these guys are a part of it but a year from now am I confident that they're going to be ready to go spend real money I I, I don't know that I can say that at all right I think that's the question I think we'll know you know I think this winter it made sense not to Splurge. You're not one splurge away at this point. You're a year in a splurge away, or, or you're a few prospects turning into real all-star caliber players away. So, you know, you got to give those guys room to play. But if, if it's this time next year and there's been no spending, I think, you know, that's a fair question. I mean, it's not like the Angeles has never spent. You know, I was looking back at payroll numbers, and they were, like, fine, you know, for a few years there in sort of the late 2010s. But, but yeah, I think, you know, they've said that they expect to spend when the time is right. Mike Elias has seemed fairly confident that that's going to be the case, but you know, he has to say that. <laughs> so Correct. I think, uh, you know, I think it's, it's going to be really interesting, but you know, it's with many ownership groups, you know, uh, you know, the learner family, for example, isn't, isn't a free spending group, but when they got close, when they could kind of see it, yeah. they, they went for it. And I wonder if, if this team gets close enough soon enough that, in the Angeles that are still in charge if it's going to be too hard to resist, you know, that, that little push. But I don't know who's going to own that team in a, in a few years either. It's, it's, I think it's all up in the air. Chelsea James from the Washington Post is with us here on GCR. Uh, yeah, I'm imagining, like, they, they asked the question to Michael Elias, were you guys going to be willing to spend money? He's like, nah, never. We're never going to do that. We're right. going to be poverty forever. That's the way it goes. Yeah. But, but go get your opening day tickets. They're available right now. Right. Um, uh, Chelsea, let me cover a couple things in here. One, we, we keep bringing up, we don't know who the owner is going to be. I, I am so fascinated by how much John Angelos wants to be a part of a new imagining of the stadium, of a stadium district, of dragging out this lease thing, because there's this part of me that says, sure, he could just be doing all of that to try to get the maximum value for the franchise when he sells it. But knowing John Angelos, and I know him a little bit, not I don't want to oversell that, but knowing him and how interested he is in entertainment and the fact that, frankly, he, the family, for all of their warts, has largely cared about the city of Baltimore over the years, there is this part of me that can't shake the idea that maybe John Angelos really is 
with $600 million worth of public money trying to find a path by which he can be the owner of this baseball team for a long time. What do you make of the, the totality of that picture? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, you know, I don't know him other than what we see publicly. So, you know, I'm, I'm not super informed on him personally. But, I mean, if you read and take what he says at face value, he it sounds like, you know, the goal is to kind of revitalize Camden Yards and the, and the area the way they've revitalized the on-field product. And I think there's reason to believe that that could happen. But I think what's what's so interesting to me is that people in the industry just seem convinced that that team's going to be for sale soon. Right. I think it's one of the reasons the Nats didn't sell yet. I think it's sort of looming there. It's a very appealing franchise, I think. Um, if there's somebody to come in and take, I, people don't like the Baltimore market, but beautiful stadium, money to burn to upgrade the stadium, and a ton of talent. I mean, it's, so, you know, I it might be one of those things where you think about it and you think the price is too good to refuse, but, you know, if he's in control, he seems to be the one who, who really kind of, at least publicly, has said a lot of things that he'd look very silly uh, reversing on now. I mean, if they if he moves a team, if he you know whatever, he'd look pretty terrible now. He's been pretty firm in his in his statement publicly that like they want to do this here. So we'll see. As always, it's who's running the show, and it's, maybe it's a, a a Baltimore investment situation. Chelsea, to your point, I think there is a second part of the question, which is. How badly does Major League Baseball want them to sell? And is that part of the reason why everyone around baseball thinks they're going to is because, you know, and I'm not trying to make a comparison to Dan Snyder because clearly Dan Snyder is, I think at this point we can all say fairly evil. Um, Is there a world in which the, the reason the belief is there is because Major League Baseball is so frustrated with everything? Like, every time we talk about, like, there's somebody brings up the idea that John Angelos is going to move the team to Nashville. I just laugh. Like, the idea that Major League Baseball yeah. is going to reward uh, an ownership group that's been a pain in their ass with a new market is just, it's, it's badass insane. Um, but is there a world in which, at some point, Major League Baseball says, look, I... We gotta, we gotta step in here. We gotta, you know, whether we make it public or not, whatever we do, we we gotta do something else. It can't just be that we have to keep dealing with this forever. You know, I think in the list of pain, you know, in Major League Baseball's side, they, the Orioles may not even be at the top of that list. And okay. I know that's hard to believe, but I, you know, they deal with a lot of crazy ownership groups. Um, you know. The Reds guys can't stop saying ridiculous things. I mean, the A's are, are just kind of a debacle. So, you know, the idea of Major League Baseball saying enough is enough with the Orioles, I mean, maybe just because they've been so quite kind of uh, determined to hold up the mass in the situation. But, I mean, that's their right legally. You know, it's not right. like they're doing anything super crazy. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, if there's somebody they want to own that team, then maybe. And I don't know if that's the case. But, you know, I think – you know, Major League Baseball is in a tough spot because they've just watched the Nats go on the market, not sell. Nothing looks imminent there. They watched the Angels go on the market and come off of it months later. Presumably, they say they had offers, but there's a reason that team didn't sell. And, you know, they need these teams to somebody to sell for a big number and, and sort of say, no, this is a healthy business. This is something you want to be involved in. And uh, you know, I don't know where that's going to come from right now. So it'll, that's fair. I think the Orioles would be their best chance at that. And, uh, and so maybe they maybe they do make a push. I, I guess I should follow up because I heard your laugh when I brought it up. You, you too, you know, like dismiss 
all of this nonsense about the idea the Orioles could end up moving? I think so. I, you know, I just think that at this moment, it feels, all the talk of expansion even feels premature to me. I mean, I think they've really got to, and Manfred has said this, it's, you know, they've got to figure out Oakland, they've got to figure out Tampa before they can figure out what else to do. Um, and neither of those things seems imminent either. So, you know, these things take forever. And, you know, there's a whole group setting things up in Nashville to kind of bid on an expansion team led by Dave Stewart. They've got a lot of people involved there. And it's just kind of, you know, it, it seems like something that makes sense on paper. And then when you kind of get into the logistics of what that would look like, it, it just no longer makes sense. And right. not to mention, I think Camden Yards is, is one of their treasured parks. And, you know, the, the team on the field is just in a, a really good spot. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to envision it happening soon. But, you know, who knows? I mean, the lease is a very important thing to have. And if they don't have one at the end of this year, I don't know, I don't know what happens. But I, 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 I don't think you. they'll get there. I just think when, when you have $600 million in public money on the table and you have the situations, yeah. to your point, that you have in Tampa and Oakland right now, like imagine, imagine approving a, a scenario walking away from six hundred million dollars in free money, right. it, it's it's insane. Right. Right. Or imagine doing it. It's hard to imagine Johnny Angelo yeah. doing it. Yep. So I, yeah, <laughs> I I completely get it. Chelsea, from a baseball perspective, before I, I, like again, th- there's a reason why there's a lot of optimism here, and you know clearly that we don't think the Orioles are quite ready to you know win a World Series, but if the answer is that in the next year or two there will be money spent not even saying you know dodgers money yankees money that's never going to be the case but enough money is there a path to this core this nucleus becoming a group that could compete to win a world series in the next three to five years i think so i i don't one of the things that they have going for them, but also against them, is that they play in a ridiculous division. And they're going to be helped by that because those guys that have come up and played for all the bad years and sort of come together, they've done it against really good teams. I mean, that's, that the season they put together last year with a roster that was still kind of supposed to be learning on the job was really impressive because a lot of those games came against some of the most free-setting teams in baseball. I mean, it was no joke. So... They know what they're they're in for when the young players come up in Baltimore. But then also the, the flip side of that is they're in a really tough division. And so, you know, you're probably not going to win it for a few years. You just, you know, it's, you know, the wild card situation is kind of, you know, hectic and frenetic. It's hard to predict. So I don't know. I think, I think they're in a good place. And I think they don't necessarily need to spend either to, to get there. I mean, this team is not going to be made a champion by whether they spend or not in the next five years, whether all these prospects pan out and, you know, if Rutschman is at any indication, they're in, they're in good shape. So, yeah, it's, I think there's reason to expect that they'll have a good year. I think it's super fair for them to say we want to make the playoffs. Right. I wouldn't take the over on 90 wins yet, sure. but sure. I don't. I think yeah. that's still okay. But I got to tell you, the number that like the, for, it's almost insane to me. The number is like 74 and a half wins that Vegas put out, and I'm like, yeah. I, yeah. I I get it. I can understand that. Like, there's a world in which maybe you're still reluctant to buy into what they did a year ago, but the an eight-game step back when you got a full season of Adley Rutschman and a full season of Gunnar Henderson and, you know, yeah. the, the, the schedules being balanced this year and, you, to your point, not having to face those AL East teams as many games as you did a year ago. Right. Like, that part to me was kind of crazy. I'm like, I I don't know, man. I I could see them stepping a game or two back and, like, something goes wrong. But stepping eight games back, I don't know about that. 
Well, it's true. And, and it's not like everybody had career years. I mean, Mount Castle, right. his numbers were kind of right. depressed. Mullins wasn't incredible. It's not like their rotation was all of a sudden dominant, zero to 60. I mean, the bullpen was incredible. But, sure. you know, other than that, everyone was kind of what you would expect. And so I think there's, you know, there's not really a reason to say it was a fluke last year. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. I didn't realize it was that low. That's a that's a pretty low number. It was yeah. weird. It was – I, I – <clears throat> I can do this because I'm not in the job that you are. I uh, I threw a couple dollars on it immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said I'm gonna take. I'm gonna bite of that apple. Yeah, it's 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 funny to me. You bring that up. It's almost like everybody had a really good month last year. Like nobody had like a great season other than Adley Rudgeman. Everybody had a really good month, and yet they figured out a way to finish over 500. The way that it worked. Um, Chelsea, of course, everybody can give you a follow at Chelsea underscore Janes on Twitter and the Washington Post, WashingtonPost.com. Is there anything else I can plug for you? Everybody seems to have like a hundred projects these days. Is there a book that you're working on or a podcast or something that I can plug for you? No, neither, unfortunately. I, uh, I'll, if I think of one, I'll let you know, I, though, pr- I sure. promise <laughs> you when you have one, let us know, and we will make sure that we yeah, yeah, yeah. get for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Chelsea, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Thanks so much for doing it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Chelsea Janes, national baseball writer for the Washington Post, with us here on GCR. And look, I, 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 I thought her piece, and then I'm, I'm assuming we posted it up on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio. If not, we'll do that right now. Um, I thought her piece was a very fair look at all the things that we're talking about, which is, yes, there's reason for optimism. There's reason for excitement. There's reason to feel good about where the Orioles are. But. There's all this other stuff. And, yeah, it's, you know, as we talked about, I think it's a good thing that there's no lawsuit any longer. But that doesn't answer all of the questions. I think the loudest at the moment is the question about, in the next 12 months, will there be an addition to payroll, either via a trade? I don't think the rental, a rental is not the right call. But a trade for a player, significant trade, has a couple years that would require you to add money to your payroll or via free agency next offseason. That's the next step. And most of us wanted it to happen this year, and it didn't. And I can, again, I, I would have preferred it, but I can live with that, given the context of everything that's going on, if that money's coming if there's going to be a next step. But there's got to be a next step. And that's the part that I I just can't have confidence in yet. I hope. But I'm not certain of it. That's two to be determined, man. We will find out over the course of next year. Appreciate Chelsea Jane taking the time for us. All right, when we come back in, we will make some picks for the uh, Super Bowl. We're going to pick the game, but that's kind of irrelevant. We're going to have some fun with some prop bets, and we're going to dive through some of the ones that Griffin pulled out that we'll include for a little contest that we're going to do. That's all coming up. Hour number two of today's program, also brought to you by the print issue of Press Box. Speaking of the Orioles, Adley Rutschman's on the cover. There you see him, our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. Go pick it up for free. You only have one week left to get it before it is gone. Daddy gone. The love is gone. Go get it at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Glenn Clark Radio. 
Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Uh, by the way, those of you that just want to do this, uh, Brandon, yes, he can go to Phoenix, but it takes away from his legacy because he's picking one of the best teams to be on. That's It's just too easy. That's for anyone. Brandon, if you want to comp- com- just hit copy and paste and just have the same blanket t- take for every player that's ever existed, you may do that. You've decided you don't like Kevin Durant, and that's fine. You're allowed to not like Kevin Durant. Nobody can hold against you. It's just that you have to know you are trying to create a standard that you don't hold anyone else to. Everyone else is allowed to go to good teams, and everyone else does go to good teams, except for, as we pointed out, Bradley Beal. Poor sap. And Damian Lillard at this point, although I think most of us still believe that those guys are at some point going to decide they've had enough and try to get to a good team. List really ends there, though. Uh, when it, you really think about it. I all, mean, the couple of the guys in Boston haven't gone anywhere yet, right? But they were, they but were, they're, they're but they were right now, right? Correct. Yeah. And they were, they were put in that spot together. Yeah. That were to go south at some point in the future, if 
if Jalen Brown, I know he's uh, he just got hurt, but if Jalen Brown were to be out at some point, then Jason Tatum would probably decide, like, I don't want to be here any longer. You hold Kevin Durant to a standard that you don't hold everyone else to because you've decided in your mind that the Golden State thing was the worst of them all. Everyone else goes to good teams or creates good teams, including LeBron James, which is not a knock on LeBron James. He's allowed to. What did LeBron James make sure that he did when he got to L.A.? Get other good players. They win a title before Anthony Davis showed up? No. You know the answer. You know damn well. So you can be mad at me because you want to hate Kevin Durant. you got something in your heart. That's fine. I don't care. Genuinely, don't care. I'm just going to call you out on your nonsense. You're holding Kevin Durant to a standard that you have held no one else to because you're bothered specifically, for whatever reason, by him going to Golden State. Everyone else has done the exact same thing. Again, it is different. It's not the exact no, no, same no, thing. No, you've created a thing no. because specifically it was LeBron the team that LeBron brings they got in different by. players to join him. He, it, yeah, exactly. It's the team that beats him. That's why it's... So it's okay it's, if you get there first and then force other players to join you? He's not forcing anybody to do anything. But you think that LeBron James wasn't pulling the strings in L.A. to get Anthony Davis there? Yeah, well, he's not forcing Anthony Davis to play in L.A. I like, understand that he's not forcing the player to get there. He's forcing the team to go out and get other good players yeah, because yes. he's not going to suffer there being the only good player on the roster. Yeah, not that Anthony Davis is really... Now, yeah. but Anthony Davis, when they were in the right, bubble, yeah, yeah. was was a big part of why it was they won a title, whether you want to count... Again, because we don't count things that happen <laughs> for whatever reason. This is a bad bit that we do. It's a dumb, dumb bit. That's about our own insecurities. That's about our own wanting to have someone to hate. Everyone else is allowed to go be on other good teams and be with other good players, except for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's not allowed to. He's got to be, he's got to suffer. Otherwise, it doesn't count. It's just dumb. And everyone that regurgitates it is regurgitating a dumb take. Maybe you're not a dumb person, but you're regurgitating a dumb take. Uh, we're going to make Super Bowl picks, despite the fact that this is very much an exhibition at this point. Joining us now, he is our friend Ken Zalis. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. Can I talk to Griff for a second? By all means. Where did Kevin Durant just get traded to? The Phoenix Suns. Okay, I'm, I'm out of this conversation. This is where you're trying to do a dumb bit because you don't realize that I've, been having, <laughs> I've, I've had this exact same conversation with Kyle for five years, and I wasn't even a Kevin Durant fan then. Like, I don't care. No, it's not a Kevin, it's not a Kevin Durant thing for me. It's a Phoenix thing for me. No, you think that I'm only saying this because I like Kevin Durant now, but I've been saying this about Kevin Durant for five years. Like, it's dumb. No, I think we, I think you're only saying this because he went to no, your team. No, you're way off on this. Go call Kyle. Yeah. Call, call, call Kyle and ask okay. him how many mornings I spent screaming at him about how stupid this take is. It's like, it's the dumbest oh, thing. Oh, I don't have – ever... see, see, here's the thing. I don't have this take because I don't care because they did – you're right. In this – in this era of basketball that we're in now, this is what we do. It happens all the time. This is all it, we it, do. It started. It started with the Boston Celtics. Correct. And and, and they won, so everybody's copycatted, and it's 
it's constant. We don't we don't get the and, and this is a this is an example because he never really won, but we don't get the the you know Charles Barkley who spent most of his years with the Sixers didn't win and finally went to the Suns and won a championship. We don't no, get no, guys. No, he didn't win a championship. <laughs> it would have been better if he did. He never well, won a championship. Well, you, you know what? Right, right. But, you know, to, to chase a championship, yes. I said that yeah, wrong. Yeah. Um, you, you, you just you don't get those guys that stay like that anymore. And and that's okay. Everybody's just got to accept it. Yes, it's I mean, Kevin Durant's one of the five best basketball players and, and as I in pointed out, right I do think it's cool when, like, Dirk winning the title in Dallas is awesome. And if you want to hold that up as being right. something more valuable, that's fine. But pretending like right. like this, right. this, this dude did, like, and he does it. It's just too easy. That's for anyone, and constantly doing it in this case. Like literally, it's not the exact same thing that LeBron James does whenever he goes to a different team. Literally, the exact same thing. It is different because it's a team that it's not the team that beat LeBron. No, instead, LeBron goes and builds his own super team. Sure, that's not different. And he, and be, Every and single team leaves, does that. And before LeBron leaves, let's be fair. Before LeBron leaves, at least they win a championship. That's fine. Well, I mean, Kevin Durant did win championships in Golden State. He didn't win in Brooklyn. In Golden State. Yes, but he did win in Golden State. The Brooklyn thing just didn't work. I understand. He did did not work. Seriously did not work. Did not work. Golden State won him championships. (laughs) No, you're doing a – this is where you're just coming off like an idiot. It's like this is a bad bit. All right, let's get to this. So are you in for the side bet or not? I, I sure. Yeah. I don't even know what it is, but sure. Did you not read the email? Griffin did a really he did a really poor job. He did a really poor job. I read the email. It was not a very well crafted email. I, 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 I saw I saw the email. I was like, okay, I'm giving my Super Bowl pick and I gave a Super Bowl pick. Okay. Well, we need you to do more than that. We're doing a bunch of prop bets. Okay. And our side okay. bet for the week is that the loser has to recreate the Tom Brady thirst trap photo and let us Posted on our Twitter account for 24 hours. Nobody wants to see that. I know okay. no one wants to see it. I assure you. Although I'm already in the Boys of Hamden calendar, so everybody's already seen all of me. Yeah, I was like, I was like <laughs> you, you, your picture's already done. Yeah, that's so. a fact. That's a fact. All right, so Ken's in, Griffin's in, I'm in, Charles is in, Paul Valley's in. Paul Valley's in, John Proctor. John Proctor is in. Andrew Stecka. Andrew Stecka. Andrew Stecka. So, hey, first thing you said, he was like, I don't know what this even is. What so you? I sent him the tweet, and he still hasn't said anything since. <laughs> What the hell's wrong with him? I mean, he only I mean, listens it's just to the picture. Right? Yeah, right? We, yeah. we talked about it yesterday. What the hell's going on with him? And we haven't heard back from Kyle about oh, it? Oh, Kyle, yeah, Kyle's, Kyle's out. I, talk, I, try, I tried talking what, him into what it. A, what a pathetic loser. All he, right. said, he said, I didn't make these I'm picks. Guessing, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing there's a picture of Kyle like this already. A hundred percent, man. What are we even doing? He said, I didn't make these picks with the uh, I just won't lose philosophy. Oh, get, get the entire F out yeah. of here. All right, whatever. Let's do it. Let's make our Super Bowl picks. Picks are brought to you this week by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. If you're feeling good, about something for Sunday night, whatever it might be, you should get the PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and get your bets in, pick from those hundreds of fun prop bets, thousands of dollars, and special sign-up offers with the top sports books are available at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Right now, join the fun with great offers from FanDuel, BetMGM, Barstool, and more. All right, so let's do the game last. Let's build up to the game Let's knock out prop bets to start. You're, you you got to keep track of all this. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll start with the most important one, mm-hmm. the coin toss. Ah. Are we going heads or tails? With the actual result or what's called? 
what's the actual, yeah, the actual result. result. Yeah, what the coin lands on. I mean, tails. Like, you have to. It, it's not heads never fails, Griffin. You have to do tails, 100%. Ken? I'm going uh, heads here. What the hell's uh, wrong with you? Everybody likes to say this tails never fails thing, but in reality. No, it's a proven fact. Tails is literally never. Every, every time everyone has ever flipped a coin in the history of humanity, it's landed on tails. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Hey. There was the guy on the internet that, that flipped a thousand times and fifty five percent came up head, so I'll go with him. All right. Siri, flip a coin. That's what you're, that's what you're doing. Oh, it's heads. All, All right, right. I'm there going you go. Heads. I'm going heads. Charles. I thought Tails never fails as well. This seems like it's gonna be a very I don't fun, go. fun loose game, so it gotta go Tails. Yeah, I don't wanna I don't wanna go down picking against Tails never fails. Imagine if that's how you if I if I lose picking against heads, like I mean fine, I can live with that. But if I lose that way, I'll never forgive myself. Uh all right. It's pretty uh pretty s- actually not too split. It's it's me, Ken, and Kyle on heads. Right. Oh, and Stecca. And Stecca. Ooh. Okay, so it is, it is pretty good. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad news. Well, this is different. This is I have terrible news for you. <laughs> yeah, but it's a curse, bro. <laughs> as soon as Stecca says it, it's a uh, curse. So Glenn, Charles, uh, Paul, and John Proctor on All right, titles. next. Uh, next is the National Anthem, sung by Chris Stapleton. Over, under, two minutes who, and who two Charles seconds. had never heard of until you sent the email this morning. He's very talented. He's a go, go watch him and Stevie Wonder doing Higher Ground from the Grammys on Sunday night. It's excellent. Um, I have no idea, but I feel like Chris Stapleton is more of a no nonsense performer. Like as 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 good as he is, and as much as he can draw out a note, I feel like he's not up there for to mess around. I feel like he's up there to do a job. So give me the under on two minutes and two seconds for Chris Stapleton. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. I I, I agree with you, but but he's got. He's got to show off his voice a little bit. I know he's got the pipes. I get it. Like, like certain like certain people in your studio have never heard of him, which I just find absolutely unacceptable, <laughs> and probably should get you a lifetime ban from the show. Oh, but oh. <laughs> I mean, come on! I mean, he's, a, he's amazing. He's amazing. I mean, I mean, he's coming I mean, to Baltimore this summer, by the way. I think tickets went on sale today, if I remember correctly, to uh, to go see Chris uh, Stapleton well, at the at the I, new I, arena. But I, I think he could draw out a couple of notes and, and come in at two oh five. All right, I'll go over. It's it's a very high uh, high line to be set. I think most of the most of the lines are usually under two. Like I feel like one fifty eight is yeah, about the yeah. number. Yeah, they're like about a hundred like one hundred ten seconds. I think they said is the average. And so I'm with you, Glenn. I think it goes under as well. I don't think he messes around too much. And even if, even if he does, I think he might you know get still, to the still first. lands the yeah. plane. Yeah. All right, Charles. So I've spent the last ten minutes doing my Chris Stapleton research on good. Twitter. Good, good, uh, good memes uh, going around. Um, his performance with Stevie Wonder was like between like all the videos are showing between one fifty and two hundred five, and this is the national anthem. So I'm gonna go over. Over. Like, he's gonna over. he's gonna bring it out a little bit. I think that you would actually go longer on a performance with Stevie Wonder because you're <laughs> up there with Stevie Wonder. Like you're not gonna get that opportunity again in your life. You're gonna probably be able to sing the national anthem again at some point if you so choose. For the Super Bowl, like like uh, we talked about earlier, all those flashing lights. Uh, man. All right, all right. Uh, Glenn, myself, Paul, and John on the under. Okay. And then Kyle, Stetka, Ken, and Charles. All over. Right. All right, very good. Next up, getting into the game now, finally. Will Travis Skel- Tra- Travis Kelsey score old, old a touchdown? Oh, Travis Kelsey, yeah, we know. Score, score Kelsey, Kelsey. Yes, I don't think I need to say anything else. Yes. Ken, you're next. <laughs> I didn't. Know, I didn't even finish the question, but will, will I guess tra- it was Kelsey. Will Travis Kelsey right? score a touchdown? Yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. All right, very good. Griffin, what's your pick, yes or no? What's your pick, yes or no? Yeah, thumbs up or thumbs down? Give me a pick. Yes, Griffin's picking yes. Jesus. Charles. It's a yes for me as well. Who good. else is going to score for them? My God. Like, Pat Mahomes can't run every What are the odds for this? Like, what in the world would the odds be for Travis Kelce? I, I, is this the game Juju has four touchdowns? Right, it's the most random. Yeah, right. It's, it's his Desmond Howard game. Ever. I can't even imagine what a Travis Kelce anytime touchdown scorer would be at this point because, Jesus Christ, I don't think there is anyone else to score a touchdown. All right, Griffin's dealing with something producing the show at the moment, so we'll just go ahead and move forward, and then he can catch us up. The next question is, will there be a defensive or special teams touchdown? Which I like. I like that as a question. I'm going to go with no. No, I'm just going to play the odds on that one. No defensive or special teams touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. It's, it's tough to predict that, so I'll go no. All right. What else did everybody do for Travis Kelsey, Griffin? What was the everybody else's pick? Uh, let's see. I had So I had Kelsey. You had Kelsey. We, all of us did. Yeah, everyone, what did everybody else everyone, do? Everyone had Kelsey. Clean sweep. Thank everyone, you. Yeah. Thank you. Very good. Now, uh, defensive special teams touchdown. Both uh, uh, KZ and I are on no. What uh, do you have? I, I have no as well. All right. Charles, that would be bring us to you. Uh, like I said earlier, I think the game's going to be very fun and loose. Uh, Patrick Mahomes could still uh, give up a touch, uh, turnover for a touchdown, and they could still win the game. Uh, I guess that kind of gives away my pick for the game. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. So I think, yeah, there will be a defensive response. Yes, is your answer. All right, very good. I was I was trying to see if, you know, I'd get, I was trying to give an easy one so everyone could get on the board and because like, I'm pretty confident there won't be. Of oh. course, there, there could be. Um, see if anybody will play. So Charles bit, um, and uh, and so did Paul Valley. Paul Valley Paul also Valley bites says. on a defense touchdown. Yeah. Look, man, you know there have been a lot of them in the Super Bowls over the years. We're making our Super Bowl picks right now here on GCR. Next, uh, next, Patrick Mahomes. His passing number is set at two hundred ninety-two and a half. Over under. Over. I mean, like, look. The the only thing that could screw this up is it being like the Tampa, the Super Bowl in Tampa when you know. He was on the, the the ground the entire game, right? Like otherwise, yes, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for over two hundred ninety uh, two and a half yards. No, he will not oh. because he will not finish the football game. Oh. Because that front that front four is unlike anything they faced, and he will not finish the football game, and he will have under that number. Interesting. I'm taking the over as well. I feel like the, I mean, I feel like they're going to have to. The Chiefs are going to be throwing a lot, and, and and is how I see this one going. So I see him getting to close to 300 and going over 292. All right, yeah. all right. I'm going to go on a run of overs, so I'm going over on Pat over Mahomes. as well. Uh, so only under is Ken, uh, John Proctor, Paul Valley, and Andrew. Stecka. Life's too short to bet the yeah. under. And Andrew Steck is on your side, so I'm so sorry. Next. Next, Jalen Hurts. His combined passing and rushing yards is, is at a similar number. It's 291 and a half for combined. For right, passing and rushing yes. yards. I have I have not even bothered to do any research on this. I'm just going to go ahead and say, again, life's too short to bet the under. Give me the over on that as well. Yeah, getting those 50 to 60 rushing yards, I'll go over as well. Griffin? Uh, I'm gonna take the under on this. By the one. way, Jalen we got a, I, did, I didn't yeah. see this. I got a great text from Kyle Ottenheimer when when we were debating about uh, Kevin Durant. He said, "Griffin's making <laughs> Griffin's making a lot of sense." <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Love you, buddy. Uh, to, and to win, I think the Eagles are gonna have to run the ball a lot and you know control the football. Um, and so I don't. And Jalen Hurts has that shoulder thing, so I don't really trust the whole passing part of it. He could still run for 100 yards and not hit 200 passing yards. 
Um, so I'm taking under. I'm taking the under. All right. Else. Very good. Next, uh, uh, Charles. Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'm taking the over as well. Um, trying to look at his stats right now, but I'm comfortable he'll rush and pass for. All right. Next up. Distance. What did everybody, yeah, what did everybody else, else do? Uh, I have the under. Paul has the under. Paul and I are the only ones on the under. Ooh, all right. Yeah. All right. Distance of the longest made field goal in the Super Bowl. Over under 46 and a half. <sighs> I really struggled. Yards. I really struggled with this one. I really struggled with this one. I, I, I actually don't think the Eagles will have a field goal over 46 and a half yards, but I do think there's a chance. Just because the Chiefs are limited a little bit with what they have offensively, that at some point they could get bogged down around the 35-yard line, be faced with something that's long enough that they don't want to go for it, fourth and six, something like that. I'm going to say over. Over the Chiefs will have a field goal over 46.5 yards. I think both teams do, so I'm going I'm going over. I, I You know, you get bogged down at the at the 30-yard line, you got a 47-yard 40, yeah, field goal. That's and true. Two, two kickers with big legs, so... I th- I think over and I think multiple overs. Um, I I'm, I'm I disagree. I think uh, both two aggressive uh, Sirianni aggressive coach and then the Chiefs an aggressive offense. I think they'll when they get in that you know kind of no man's land, they're going to want to go for it and not try to long field goal. So I'm going to take under. All right. I mean, I agree with the Eagles. I agree that the Eagles are not going to have. I just think the Chiefs will. That's all. Go ahead. Um, over. Uh, Jake Elliott, Harrison Butker, and Phoenix kind of sets up for them to kind of show their leg a little bit possibly to win the game so okay yeah. one person with me on the under andrew stack oh no 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 no, no. All right. Uh, to the point total in the game, it is set at 50.5, over under 50.5 total points. Over under 50.5 total points. Um, I don't know. I'm really glad that uh, boy, between this and the actual game itself, I am so glad that I've already clinched going into this week because I have no idea. Fifty and a half total points. I will go. Ah, hell, I'll just write it out. Life's too short to bet the under. Give me the over. What are we doing here? Give me all the overs. Nothing but overs. I, I'm going over as well. I, I, I don't. I don't think this is under in any way. I think this is an easy number. Uh, I'm going to take over as well. I, I think it should be an entertaining game. It should go back and forth, and I, I see at least 51 points being scored in this one. Again, the wild card being what Ken brought. It's so funny that Ken brought up the scenario where Patrick Mahomes Doesn't is getting knocked finish. out of the game yeah. and yet still has the game going over. Like That, to me, is the wild card because if he's impacted, then I don't know that it does get to the over. But what I thought about was 27-23 gives me 50, and 28-24 gives me 52. Both those teams can score probably more than that, so go the over on that right. as well. Uh, we have two people on the under. It is John Proctor and uh, Kyle. Taking oh, no, the that means that we have Andrew Stecker. Oh, we do have Andrew Stecker. son of a bitch. I, I don't understand Kyle's uh, uh, thinking here because he took the over on all the other props. And then all of a sudden, yeah, so like the all under, the yards and scoring. Yeah, like everybody's going to throw yeah. for 300 yards, but yeah, there's yeah, not there's going to be that many points scored in the game. That is weird. That it does seem inconsistent. You're not wrong. <laughs> Finally, the game, 630 on Fox, the Super Bowl. Uh, Philly is favored by a point and a half. Again, I fi- I'm so glad that this game, this does not matter, right? Because I, I have no idea. I have no. I say it doesn't matter. I could end up in my underpants next week, <laughs> but it doesn't matter for the competition. Um, my rule typically would be if you think there's a good team that's getting points, you take the team that's getting points. But it's only a point and a half, right? So, uh, um, I genuinely think Philadelphia is the better team. Like I just, gen- they are. Look from top to bottom, they're the better football team. 
But the best player on the field, of course, belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know what I would do if this was if this was the pick that was determining things. I feel like I would say I'm not going to go down picking against Patrick Mahomes is what I would say if this was determining. But because it's not, I actually think I'm going to pick the Eagles here because in my heart of hearts, I think they're the better team. So Eagles is the pick. I placed all my Super Bowl bets 10 days ago. Mm. And I put a bunch of money on the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. I think this is 37 I think this is 37 to 20. I don't think it's close. I think you get to the over because you get an excuse me touchdown at the end. I think Philadelphia far and away has been the best team in football all year long. They're healthy. The shoulder isn't an issue anymore for Hurts, but the ankle still is for Mahomes. And I, I don't see it being close. I really don't. All right. All right. I'm not as bullish as you are, but I I get it. Yeah, I'm I'm not as bullish either. But I do think the Eagles are the better team. Um, Stan and I, uh, we're, we're partnering up in that little lose ball thing, oh, yeah. and we need the Eagles to win. We can win this whole thing. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so I'm, I'm doubling how much, down. How much will that get you? Uh, good question. I split it with All Stan. All right, very he, good. He knows. Okay. <laughs> All right, Charles. Um, I picked uh, Kansas City. Uh, I had a hard time going on the over for Jalen Hurts with the passing and rushing yards, and it didn't feel as hard for me to pick Mahomes doing the same number, even though there's not rushing yards. And at the end of the day, it's Andy Reid. This is his former team. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust Andy Reid against the new coach. All right, all right, uh, all right. So Charles is on the Chiefs. Uh, John Proctor gives his final score. He has Eagles twenty-two, Chiefs seventeen. It's very very low score. Mm. He doesn't even coming close mm. to the number. Um, and Charles, you do have one person on your side. It oh, is no. Andrew. Stanko. Oh no! Wait, Kyle. Oh, picked, Kyle no. Wait a second. Kyle picked against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Kyle has the Eagles. Well, that is a first. Wow. That wow. is one hundred percent a first. Again, that one not really relevant because the everything for the season has been determined to this point. Andrew Stanko. Although I guess there's still placement to be fought for. Uh, John's a game up on Kyle's or on Ken. So, well, now that's locked in, right? Because they both picked the game the same way. So that's that's locked. Uh, Griffin and Kyle were tied, so you're going to finish tied because you guys both picked the game the same way. So all of that's now been determined. Nothing in the standings is still up for grabs, but our side bet, who's going to have to uh, get in their draws for a, a Tom Brady-style photo, will be determined this I'm not weekend. feeling comfortable about my pick. All of a sudden you're very nervous about yeah. it. <laughs> Charles, is about, well, Charles is about to let us know that uh, I tried to give the, the sports take on my, my game pick, but I'm – if I'm being honest, I'm not feeling anything Philly related these days. Mm. So I'm just mm. yeah, now it, he, it's right. it's biased. Once he heard Stecco was on his side. Yeah, right. It's not I great. Don't. Not great. Charles is about to give me the old, hey, I don't think that the school wants me to do this. <laughs> like I, I think all of a sudden in the next twenty four hours I'm gonna get that message from Charles like Dude, I know I said I would do it, but I I, I think I'm gonna get in trouble. I, I I can't do the side bet. Nah. Like I just feel that coming I'll at some point out. in the next day. All right, at Fans Fantasy on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, we will talk between now and the NFL draft for sure. I appreciate you, pal. Thanks for hopping on all season long. All right. By the way, can I can I give a prop bet? Everybody, everybody yes, should please, do. Please, please. Over over two point five players throwing a pass in the Super Bowl. Ooh, ooh, I do like that. Ooh, that is. I found I found this one. This is my favorite prop bet of the of the Super Bowl. 
I mean, because that could be anybody. It could be a you know a, a quarterback going out for anybody. a play. Oh man, I love that. I love that. All right, I'm gonna hit. I'm putting some money on that. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, that's good. All right, buddy. We will talk to you soon. Thank you for hopping on. Talk to you guys. Bye bye. Ken Zalis worth with us here on GCR for our picks. Charles, if you could do me a favor, can you uh, move your stuff? Uh, and walk out that door and let the folks out there know that uh, we're ready for them. Could you do that for sure. me? Thank you very much. We have the uh, Baltimore County Police Department. Also, make sure you, uh, you you hide that stuff you got over in the corner. Make sure you... <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, Charles wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. He's a respected student athlete. He does not into those types of things. Uh, the Baltimore County Police Department has stopped by this morning. We're going to invite them in to come in and hang out with us. When we come back in, also, we are going to try to go to Kansas City or, I guess, Arizona, maybe. I don't know where he is uh, before the show is over. We've got a lot to do uh, before we get out of here for the day. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard.
Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. This man has put me through hell. <laughs> and yet, I still like the guy, believe it or not. And I'm still happy to see him every time he comes in. He's Corporal Robbie Wright from the Baltimore County Police Department. He brought backup today, too, by the way. Do you want to do you want to introduce everybody that's here? Or, you oh, know, sure. So I can right, I, I, let me slide the mic a little bit closer to you. Yeah, we'll get yeah. you right on top of the mic. So sure. So beside me, I have Sergeant Chad yeah, Henry. Of course, Sergeant. Um, great to see you again. Thank you. So, so, so Sergeant's been here before. Were you here the morning I was hammered? I was not here. Okay, no, I good. I feel like <laughs> Corporal was, and we haven't addressed my behavior from that day, and at some point I probably need to – that might have disqualified. After I qualified myself for becoming a cop – Oh, I haven't forgotten. We'll, but we'll okay, all right, we'll address later. that another we'll, we'll time. We can talk about it later. Do, are there sanctions coming or something like that? I don't know what the – We'll talk about All right, it. fair we'll enough. Talk. Fair enough. But um, also with us, we have two of our interns here today. Again, I, got, I oh, apologize. Got to get no, you right on time. Yeah, so, yep. so we have two of our interns with us today. We have um, Amelia Graff from Century High School, and we have Kayla Pomales from Loyola University. So Let's go hounds. Part of the uh, Baltimore County Police Department, we do offer general internships for anybody interested. The qualifications usually are junior to senior college. Um, have to maintain a certain GPA, and they apply online, and we accept them. We offer internship positions throughout the agency as well. And you were telling me it's not even like Amelia was very clear. The moment I said, you guys want to become cops? She was like, yeah, right? <laughs> um, but it's not just for someone who's looking to become an officer. It's an internship that you could use just to learn some different skills and, and use towards whatever professional goals you have. Correct. So a lot of people put in for it, and they'll tell us up, they'll tell us up front, hey, they are not interested in being police officers, but they just want to get the experience. They want to see how a police agency works. So anyone that's interested at all, they can put in for it. Now, Charles, our intern out there, he wanted to do this, and then he was around me for like 24 hours, and he was like, I think I'm going to choose a different path in life. Like, I think <laughs> <laughs> I don't end, I want to end up being like you i love charles he's a great dude that's cool very cool well, all right often, oftentimes too we get students that come in that don't really know uh if they really want to pursue mm -hmm. law enforcement and then our hope is by the end of the experience and the internship that they stay with us and that they, they kayla how's that working uh, uh, they, they selling you on that yet or yeah okay all right so that might be sergeant you might be having a little success there. that might be that's working. our hope um, uh, Corporal, let's take a step back, right? Uh, we've been partnered up for a little while, and I, of course, uh, qualified. Fly, I believe you said it was the greatest performance in the history I said it was test. up there. It was up there. Yeah. You said it was the single most remarkable <laughs> athletic accomplishment that you ever. It was that. Was that the direct quote? I, I can never remember right off the top of my head. It was, it, but it was like that. It right? was up there. I would yeah, say that. Yeah, it was up there. Paraphrase. Yeah. Um, you guys are still hiring though, but somehow, some way. Despite the fact that I proved that anyone could do, if I can do this, you can do this. I promise you, if I can, if I can pass this test, you can pass this test. And despite that, you guys still have a few more positions that you're looking to fill. So we're always looking to fill our positions. So as I said before, our hiring process never closes. So we don't have a you got to apply by this date sort of thing. It's always open. So today, tomorrow, five months from now, you can always put in an application. And I'm glad you brought up the agility. So one thing we're starting to do for our agility testing, we're actually starting to hold open agility sessions. What I mean by that is you don't have to pre-register for the agility. You can just show up. You can just show up. So what you can do is you can go to our website, joinbalmercountypd.com. You can look at our social media pages, and you can just find our upcoming dates. Okay. Our next agility testing is actually February 14th. It's going to be at 8.30 a.m. at the Northeast Regional Recreation Center in okay. Parkville. 
that's going to be the next one. If you're in the process, not in the process, you just want to take it as a practice, you don't have to pre-register. Just show up. We'll have the waivers there for you to sign. We'll be able to sign you up that day, and you can come and take the test. Man, that's awesome. Like That makes life a lot easier, and, right? Yeah, and, and, that's the, and that's the purpose, right? One thing I've said about our process before is that we want to make it, we want to make it applicant-friendly in a sense. We want to have ways for people to be part of the process without it being such an inconvenience because we understand, look, between the written, agility, the background investigation, everything, no doubt, part of it, it takes a lot out of people's lives. So this is one way for us to, one, make it easier for people to come and take it. But also, as we talked about before, people take the agility, if you want to check it out, if you want to take a practice, if you want to see what it's like and actually experience it, it's an opportunity for people to come out and do that. It's a great point, right? Like, you, you, And we saw that day. There were people that were very clearly, they weren't going to pass it that day, but it was an opportunity for them to get a feel for what Correct. it is they had to do and so that they could come back the next time and be more prepared. for. Unlike some of us that are obviously well-trained, well-conditioned <laughs> athletes <laughs> and the peak of our athletic ability, right? Then not everybody is. And I understand that, right? Like, I was one of you once upon a time. Now, of course, I'm an Adonis, so I... <laughs> really laying it on <laughs> again the date for the next test but is it's going to be february 14th so yep. that's going to be next tuesday yep that's going to be at the northeast Recre northeast regional recreation center or nurk as some people know it it's going to be in parkville so we're just asking people that you know be there before 8 30 because 8 30 is going to be the hard start time for it and like i said before you don't have to be pre-registered even if you're like monday morning and it doesn't and take sure. a long time like you could still go to work afterwards you're correct and i mean you might have to allot some right, time yeah, for so it you know because they're not gonna be there by nine <laughs> correct <laughs> but it's like i said before it's just a way for people just to know that because we feel like we have lost people to where oh you know I wanted to take it on this day, but I'm too late to sign right. up. It's like, no, just come on out. Show come on out, and, and we'll get it. you registered. And speaking of agility testing and chances for people to get involved for our agency, February 25th. I was about – I was literally about yes. to I, – I was going to go there. I was going to let Sergeant Henry have that one. Oh, I didn't mean to jump the lead. I was no, it's, it's actually – I think it's important because when we do it, – it, it, again, uh, Corporal Robbie Wright, Sergeant Chad Henry from the Baltimore County Police Department are in studio with us. When we talk about these events, it's not just for people that want to become officers. You and I, uh, Corporal, have talked a lot about the relationship between the community and the police department, and I know it's been a hot-button issue. Mm -hmm. And our country is continuing to improve that relationship and making sure everybody understands, hey, we, we want to all be on the same page. We want to work together. We want to do things together. And these events, in addition to being hiring events, tend to be events just for the community to sort of have a touch and an interaction with the police department and come out, support us. And I know this one's a, a Black History Month event, correct? It is, correct, yes. So we've, uh, in conjunction with how we normally run our hiring events, uh, we're going to have the standard written testing, uh, the agility testing. We have um, the specialized units in attendance that we normally have. Mm -hmm. um, we're also hoping uh, that this time we have the training staff who may have a, a the ability to bring out some of their newest technology uh, to, to also give uh, these applicants and, and anyone that's interested in coming uh, kind of an idea of what the training side of things look like. Um, and the, the idea is to be able to have all of our resources on hand so that uh, prospective applicants can come out, uh, they can ask questions um, if they have specific interest in one particular unit, um, or if it's that we have cadets on hand, if they're cadet aged and they're, they're interested in that, um, it's really a one-stop shop. It's really there to be able to uh, address um, the, the applicants and, and, and 
their concerns, help them with the process. We have background investigators there as well, and we try to uh, get as many of the facets of the hiring process in as we can in one day. Um, and for this month, with it being Black History Month, we do have a keynote speaker planned. Um, and so we're going to have uh, uh, that uh, in, kind of coordinated throughout the day as well. Um, so we really have a lot of moving parts with, with this date on the 25th. That's awesome. Uh, again, February 25th, and that one's at the Public Safety Building. Correct? It is, yeah. at our the, headquarters. So, so the event of the 24th, again, is in Parkville. Oh, 14th. For, sorry, Remember thank you, thank you, yes. my God. The 14th, that event is uh, over in Parkville at the Northeast, um, oh God, remind me of the name of the building. Northeast, Northeast Regional Recreation Center. Thank you, Center. Northeast Regional <laughs> Recreation Center, and then the Public Safety Building in Towson for the hiring event on the 25th, which again is more of a community event, an opportunity for you to come out, bring the whole family. And, and I always ask this question because I feel like it bears repeating. Who are you looking for? Who is it that should be coming a Baltimore County police officer? So the one thing we always say is that we're looking for people of various talents, various experiences. So w w you don't have to have prior law enforcement experience. I right? feel like the answer really is, right. is anyone. Anyone. Right? Like and, and, and the one thing that I, and we've talked about it before, the we have so many positions in the Baltimore County Police Department. Of course, everybody starts, they do their two years of patrol. But we have so many positions, whether it's information technology, mobile projects, whether it's our mobile crisis unit, recruitment that we work out of background investigations. We have so many positions and areas of need within our agency that we're not just looking for just one typical type of person with a specific background. We're looking for people from all walks of life, all backgrounds. And I always use this story. The people who are going to do the best job in areas are going to be the people who are from those areas, represent those areas, people who live their lives in those areas. Yeah. Those are the people that are going to be the ones who, you know, you have a passion. do a great job. Yeah. Exactly. You have a passion for the community. You want to, to, to do everything you can to serve and protect your community and try to continue to lift the community up. I Correct. think it's significant. I think that's a very good point. And the opportunities that are available, Sergeant, like I talk about this a lot. There's a lot of high school kids that get out of high school and go work at like the local pizza shop or something like that and kind of have no direction. This is a great opportunity to try to find some direction in a young person's life. It, it is, and, and really uh, the cadet program is, is part of that that we're really stressing now. Um, you know, the, 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 the salary's great, the benefits are great, you, you start uh, earning your accrued retirement time at the time you come on the job. Um, so that's definitely an important uh, aspect of police work in our agency. And certainly having the, the interns that we have here today and, and the others that we have throughout the department, really a vital part of what we do. And I wanted to touch on what the word you said, passion. And mm. it's part of, um, with our new website, our, our new uh, real, um, uh, slogan for the agency is a passion for service, a career for life. And that's really what it is. It's a passion to serve. And um, it, it really does give you uh, that career that you've looking that you're looking for. All so. right. I, I'm always looking for a good story whenever you guys are here. I'm always hoping that like in the, in the course of the last few weeks, like, oh, dude, I got a humdinger. You're not going to believe what this guy did when when we tried to pull him over. You're not going to believe. Do you have any good funny stories from the last few weeks since the last time we chatted that you could share with us oh my goodness i was uh, unfortunately in recruitment we don't get uh ah, too many of the maybe, maybe one that you heard anymore. from somebody else like everybody came back to the <laughs> yeah. office like dude wait do you hear about uh, you know what though i i think and I, I don't mean to be so serious but obviously t to the last 24 hours have been very serious to the baltimore county police department right and, like my kids aren't at school today um because of everything that's going on can you take me through 
the importance and and what it you know going through a day like that. I know there's probably some fear involved for a lot of people and what going through a day like you know the last 24 hours have been like for the entire department and and how it is that maybe you show this is why we need more people. This is we in these moments that impact everyone. We need leaders. Well, without going, obviously, into right. too many Correct. details, I would say that there are a lot of great people out there right now doing a lot of great work, exactly. doing the best they can, and it's working as hard as possible with this incident. But that's the thing we're looking for. We're looking for people who, when these moments come, they're willing to step up, to your point, great leaders, right? People who are willing to, you know, do the things that need to be done to help resolve these sorts of sort of situations to be involved to be helpful and you know just to say like this is an agency-wide thing so yep. we're looking for people who are willing to step up in those moments and just understanding like this is the job this is what it takes so just you know speaking to the audience here today we're looking for a wide range of people with abilities and you know we need people of all sorts of talents because it's not just one person one unit one section whatever you want to say one precinct this yep. is a everybody everybody's involved everybody's got to have a all hand, hand literally all hands on deck. all hands yeah. on deck so right. everybody's got their role that they have to play so i just want people to understand that when we go out looking for officers when we go out putting say hey put in an application don't say to yourself oh i'm this i'm that i'm too old sure. i tell people look Put in an application, watch you have a job in two months, and watch you have that career for life that you've been looking for. It's awesome. And I, I, I want to say thank you guys because I know it's, it can only be a stress. The, the last 24 hours, I can't even imagine the stress that you guys, your families have felt. And I want to speak on everybody's behalf for our appreciation of that and uh, what you guys are doing, the hard work that you put in in a situation like this. It means a lot. All right, one more time. What everybody needs to know, let's run through. Drop all the, drop all the hits in a, in a tight little package. So... Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring. We are going to have our next community hiring event on February 25th. That's going to be 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road. For more information, go to our website, www.joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Also, if you want to take the agility test, February 14th, Northeast Regional Recreation Center, 8.30 a.m., be there don't have to pre-register for it and you can do it i promise you can pass the agility test i promise you i did and i didn't even break a sweat <laughs> small sweat but only a little bit of one i was just going to add that we're processing for our march class which is going to be toward the end of march um so this is a great time to get in get your application going and get out to one of our agility tests so we can get you in the process That's awesome uh corporal sergeant it's always great to see you I uh, really appreciate as well. continued partnership. Whatever I can do, you know, let me know when the next time you need me out there to show everybody how it's done. <laughs> you want me to lead the whole test next time? You want me to be, now that I'm the expert, right? Like, right, I guess right. I can do that if that's <laughs> Absolutely, necessary. Right. Absolutely. Uh, however we can help, let me know that. I always appreciate you guys. Thank you for having us. It, really. it means the world. Thank you so much. And thank you to your two interns as well for coming in and hanging out this morning and not uh, rolling their eyes at uh, my bad jokes. That means a lot. It's, it proves they're good interns is because they know to put up with all of the bad jokes that That's it, right. told in the process. Corporal Robbie Wright, Sergeant Chad Henry, Baltimore County Police Department. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for doing it. Thank, Thank you, you again. Thanks. All right. It is a uh, Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. We don't have another break to take, do we? Well, this is awkward because I want to get up and uh, give the guys. Here, uh, uh, Griffin, do me a favor. Uh, tell everybody something while I get up and give the guys a handshake. All right. Then, um, let's oh, see. Give me, give me the new press box or the old oh, press yeah, box prints. Yeah. Uh, hold that up and show uh, the you, time is running down to get the latest edition of the pr press box print edition at your local Royal Farms. Uh, on the cover was our of Adley Rushman, the Mogaba Person of the Year, Baltimore Person of the Year, and our Best of 22 edition. So that is 
Time is running down to get that. When's the last day they can get this edition? Uh, of probably uh, next. I think next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Wait, I'll confirm okay. that. Stan will let me know for sure what the date is, but it is next week for sure when that one will be gone. Uh, gone, Daddy, gone. Thank you, Griffin. Way to yeah, way to thanks. step in there when I uh, I needed it. I, I I truly appreciate those guys, uh, that Sergeant Chad Henry and Corporal Robbie Wright. Two guys I like a whole heck of a lot. On top of the fact that you know they they have a noble job, <laughs> unlike those of us that come in here and fight about Kevin Durant. <laughs> They actually, like, when, when, when they met, like, when they were trying to date somebody and met a parent, like, they were very impressed, and they liked what it is that they said. Wait, wait, or do we miss uh, Danon because of it? It's fine. If that's, it's fine. Life will go on. We will, we will be all right. It's, these things happen, man. We got other things we need to do to wrap up the show today anyway. Um, I, by the way, I, 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 as always, I touched a nerve with the Kevin Durant thing. People are having to be reflective. Um, uh, from Chris. Glenn, you're being very dismissive of the actual difference between the two things. I get that there are other super teams, but nobody ever joined an already established team. You're, you're, you're trying to make that different. What was the end result? The end result in each case was super team. However it came about, whether it was because the team was already established and Kevin Durant joined it, or it was because LeBron James got together with his buddies and said, let's go create a super team. However it worked out, that's what happened. There is no, you want it to be different because you want to create a cognitive dissonance, right? Like you're trying to do that, but it's not actually different. The end result remained the same. The same thing that everybody else did. But again, you want to hate Kevin Durant? Hey, Kevin Durant, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't impact me in any way. I just want him to go win a title now. <laughs> that's all I care about at this point. All right, uh, speaking of titles, they're going to play for one on Sunday out in Glendale, Arizona. Chiefs and the Eagles joining us now, man that we've uh, always enjoyed our conversations with. I know he's having a busy week, so appreciate Danon Hughes, Chiefs color analyst, squeezing some time in for us this morning. Danon, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. Always good to catch up. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's great to, to be on. It's great to chat with you again. I, I guess like it feels like the biggest storyline for the game itself right now is where are Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey health-wise? And it, after seeing what you saw in the AFC Championship game, how significant do you think it is if either one of them is still at all limited in this game? Uh, I don't think it's significant at all. I think we're, what we're looking at, everybody was a full participant in practice. I think you know, with the extra week in between, the fact that they pretty much came out of that AFC Championship unscathed, like I don't think that there's any real concern about any injury. Now, having said that, you know, when you're dealing with an ankle or, and those, and a, and a back injury, you know, anything can tweak that. But as of now, everything is kind of clear, clear for these guys to be at a hundred percent or as close to a hundred percent as you can possibly be at this point of the season. So a lot of confidence here. I think it's like you talked about some different storylines to me. One of the cool things about this matchup is that, there aren't any negative storylines. It's like the most pure football that we'll be able to see this year. And I think that's what's going to make it even more entertaining is that it's just, it's just pure football. There's no venom. There's no trash talk. We got uh, the utmost respect from two organizations for each other. Uh, all the great storylines with Nick Sirianni and his start here in Kansas city and Andy, and obviously his uh, career 
in Philly, uh, the Kelsey brothers. Like, there's there's just a lot of cool storylines, but nothing negative. I, I think it's fair, and I think we're expecting a really good football game. I think that's a great point, Dana. Um, yeah. What happened in the second – was what we saw in the second half of the AFC Championship game when the Chiefs went cold offensively until the last mm-hmm. field goal, those three drives beforehand, was that just the it, the – the impact of the injuries to Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, or was it catching up with them? How depleted they've been at wide receiver? What what did you see late in that game, and why might it be different on Sunday in Arizona? So I think in that game, and I don't know if it was a negative. Obviously, it was a negative outcome because of the lack of production in that latter part of the game, but I felt like maybe we got away from the run game a little bit. We got a little bit too uh, – we put too much pressure on scoring more points. And uh, I think there's times where, like, in those situations, we didn't run the ball, so we didn't run the clock. And if you remember, there were a couple of three and outs, uh, and they were all pass plays. And we didn't take up much clock, and we kicked the ball back to the Bengals. So maybe, you know, just maybe a little bit too extra aggressive in that point, in, in that juncture of, this, of the game. Uh, and if they had to do it over, they probably would implement a little bit more of the running game and, and kind of reestablish the, the, you know, what's going on in the trenches. So, uh, you know, I think that's kind of one of those situations, maybe a sim- little bit similar to what we did last year against the Bengals in the AFC Championship when we went a little bit cold in that second half. But also you have to give the Bengals credit because they are and have been one of the more dominant defenses in second half sure. of games sure. this entire season no doubt no doubt about it we're going to save i want to come back to that play calling thing in a second because it's very unique for us in baltimore and i think you know why but let me let me just let me go back to sunday for you the roadmap for the chiefs to get the job done against what we know is a extraordinarily balanced top to bottom talented one of the best rosters we've seen in the salary cap era in the philadelphia eagles the roadmap, what two to three things do you have to happen for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? So I feel like um, we're a very difficult team when you only play once, and that's where Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have flourished is uh, against NFC teams is because they're not, they're not used to our style of play. And you play them once, and it doesn't matter that you can uh, get a lot of film study, you can you know, try to get, feel out some tendencies, et cetera, once you're on the field, it's kind of a different animal. So to me, that's one perk that we have going into this game. The other is most teams, and you guys probably recognize this from past, uh, past opportunities with the Ravens versus the Chiefs, is it seems like teams come into the game with a game plan and they get away from it mm. too quickly. Mm. And they try to go throw for throw, score for score against Patrick Mahomes, and that's plays right into our hands um you know i remember a matchup where john harbaugh i believe he had lamar jackson at the end of the game he threw for like 40 something or 50 times in a game it's like i'm sure that that was not the game plan monday through saturday but yet they got into the game and felt like we need to hurry up and score a nine point touchdown and keep putting points on the board and that's just not going to work well for most teams against us so if I if I'm looking at the Eagles, I'm feeling like okay, Jalen Hurts is is a very very good quarterback, but if he's got forty something pass attempts in this game, I feel like we'll have a good chance to win this game. You know, I think they're going to have to stick stick with their run game 
and not get caught up in what Patrick Mahomes is doing and try to match what he does. That's a great point, and I remember that game well, and I remember spending the week afterwards saying, this was insane. What in the world were you thinking? <laughs> Although, in fairness, the Ravens actually did end up getting back into that game at the end, ironically, yeah. and having a chance, but I, I had no idea what the thought process was with that game plan. I remember it well. Uh, all right, Dan and Hughes, as I just alluded to, uh, relevant conversation in Baltimore this week. Adam Schefter says yesterday that Eric Bieniemy is still very much in the conversation for both the Washington and Baltimore uh, offensive coordinator positions. And this goes to us sort of the eternal question. It's twofold. One, do you believe that Eric Bieniemy really would leave to get that opportunity to be out of Andy Reid's shadow and have the chance to, to be singularly responsible for an offense? And then two, what do we know about Eric Bieniemy as far as that? What would if he ends up being the Ravens' next offensive coordinator? What would we know dis- definitively about him separated from Andy Reid? So I think it's one of the worst stories in in the NFL, and it has been for the last four years that Eric Bieniemy has not got it, gotten a head coaching job, and the fact that like right now eh, that all of the talk is about a lateral move, like who in the NFL history that has been an orchestrator in a top offense that has been to five straight AFC championships, hosted them three Super Bowls in four years, and with, and with the best player in the league, managing that personnel has ever had to go lateral move in order to get more credibility. I think it's just, it's just been a terrible stain on the NFL. Uh, and it's it's very tough to digest the fact that like we're, we didn't have to say that about uh, Matt Nagy. We didn't have to say that about Doug Peterson. We didn't have to say that about pretty much any other coordinator in any other team like Nathaniel Hackett. Like, I mean, you can go through the list of offensive coordinators or quarterbacks coaches or what have you that got opportunities because they flourished at their job. Wasn't that they had more credentials than Eric Bieniemy, So I think it's been sure. a travesty that, you know, we're, we have to talk about this and he has to get out of Andy Reid's shadow in order to get credibility. He, he has a, a, a very solid resume and I wish owners would have seen that because I, I see it firsthand. I watch how he interacts with these guys. I watch how he leads these men. Uh, and I watch, and what's the most impressive is how he manages the egos and manages the star power on this team and has done so. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, the list goes on of guys that we've had that you don't really hear any dissension. You don't hear about any, you know, guys clamoring for the ball or having issues. And to me, that's direct correlation to the leadership and Eric Bieniemy, and it should. So, uh, yeah, um, there, there is definitely some, some rumors out there that he has to make a lateral move and possibly that might be the way he'll go. But I feel like it's just a terrible stain on the NFL that that's, that's actually what we have to talk about. So Dan, I, I really appreciate what you're saying. And I, I, of course I agree with you. I, I do think, and I, you know, obviously the, the, the thing that, that stands out is of course, you know, it's a black coach that's happening with and not, yeah. uh, you know, a, a white coach to your point. Um, selfishly, obviously, I would say if that helps the Ravens get a heck of an offensive coordinator, I mean, I, you know, it's, yeah. it still doesn't make it, it still doesn't make it right, but like, hey, you know, I mean, here we are. 
Um, yeah, if you insist, we'll take them. Right, yeah, I know. Right. Like, I'm, I'm not going to begrudgingly say like, no, I don't, I don't want to. Eh, you know, we can, we need an offense coordinator, man. Like, we're in the boat that but, we're but in. You know, but it's been crazy because, and I know you've probably heard it as well, is when there have been times in games or in portions of season where the offense hasn't really. Uh, you know, been at the top of their potential and hasn't really produced. It's always about Eric Bieniemy. Well, what is EB doing, or why is the offense not doing this? But mm-hmm. when we're flourishing and we're the number one offense, it's, and an, it's Andy passing Reed. yards and everything. It's yeah. Andy Reid, and that's yeah. kind of we didn't hear that back in the day with Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy and everybody else. So it, that's that's the disheartening part that I actually pay attention to that I've been a part of with being part of the broadcast team is. Like, and I make sure that during the game, when I'm calling the game, that I, like, I try to give him as much kudos as possible because I feel like there's a lot of the negative that comes along with it, too. Uh, If you were someone who cared about the Baltimore Ravens, how excited would you be about the possibility of Eric Bieniemy? And we we don't know if either one of them is going to be here at this point, but the possibility of it being Eric Bieniemy working with Lamar Jackson. Oh, I think it would be great. I mean, the creativity. Uh, you know, EB brings, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like the movie, a beautiful mind where you have all the numbers and everything kind of on right in, in front of his face. I feel like that's what you have with the creativity of Eric Bieniemy. Like he'll see that offense, a healthy Lamar Jackson, maybe getting a, a couple more weapons on the outside for him. Uh, and then you, you know, using the tight end, like he does. I mean, you're talking about Okay, you go from Travis Kelsey to Mark Andrews. Okay, yeah, that's like that's a pretty darn good uh, arsenal of weapons that you already have. If you can get one more wide receiver, I feel like that will open up the floodgates for that offense to really flourish better than it has been. It sounds pretty good to us, which means we're definitely going to get stuck with a terrible offensive coordinator <laughs> and Derek Carr as our quarterback. That, that just because that's the way that it tends to work. Uh, Dan and Hughes, really pre- I know how busy you are. I know it's an insane week when you're getting ready for a Super Bowl. I really appreciate you doing it. Want to remind everybody, it's at da Hughes guy eighty three on Twitter, correct? Yes, it is. Give and Dan and Hughes on Instagram. And hopefully, we'll be seeing you back in College Park at some point for some baseball this spring. Hopefully, oh yeah, we uh, we we get you here, the Big Ten Network, ESPN, something like that for uh, some Terps baseball. After we know it was an exciting season a year ago, appreciate you doing. Oh this yeah, they're always. gonna be good this year too. I think they're the only ranked. Big Ten team. It's it, uh, you lose a lot in Max Costas, obviously, and Bubba Aline mm-hmm. more than any. Like Bubba Aline, my God, what a stud that yeah. guy was! Holy crap, yep. I love that dude. <laughs> um, but the pitching for sure is there. Yep. Like it should definitely be an exciting season. Dana, appreciate it, man. Thanks for hopping on with us. No problem, anytime. Dana Hughes uh, with us as they get ready for the Super Bowl. Appreciate him spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. We need to get some fighting words. Uh, oh, my God. We still forgot we needed to do an open. Griffin, I, I, you weren't here. When, oh, did you come up with an open? For I, have, a I have a little something. I'll see right, if you well, like let's, it. See what, let's see what you got. Right, let's see right. how well, it goes. It's, it's, time, seconds, it's time for fighting words here on Glenn Clark Radio. It's time! All right. We, I think we could flush that out a little bit more and, like, improve. Also, I, I don't we, – we'd better make sure – his brother sues everyone who uses his catchphrase. Oh, really? We better make sure that the... Then, yeah, okay. now that I think about it, we might not want to do that. <laughs> we um, might want to erase that. Okay. I appreciate where your head was, but I don't... 
I just don't know. I'm telling you, legitimately. Of course, everybody knows. Let's get. I don't even know. We can fit. Let's get ready to that his, right. his brother uses. He doesn't like when he doesn't like like when people even say it. No, like he sues you out and he seeks you out and sues you over. Wow. It. I don't know how Bruce is. Like I don't know if that's similar. I don't know if he owns the right to it. UFC owns the right to it. I don't know how any of that works. But I'm telling you, Michael Buffer is a problem. Like to the point where every year you get an email when you work for a radio company reminding you that you may not use it in a promo. You cannot use because he will seek you out. So I I just don't know the rules. And maybe I, I like where your head's at. It's a good idea. Just maybe not moving forward. Okay. All right. Now Got we it. definitely did not I want to make this abundantly clear. We made no money off of playing that <laughs> clip right there. Let's get into fighting words for this week. What do we need to know about Charles? I'm gonna make it quick this week. We're already past the second hour. Um First, we'll wrap up uh, last week's fighting words, um, that ESPN top rank event. Oh, um, how did uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson do? He won a uh, uh, un- unanimous decision uh, against Wardo okay. Aliyah. Uh, he clipped him in the sixth round with a sharp uh, counter right hook. Um, and the remind scorecards. Me, remind me the, uh, his name. Uh, Nico Ali Wa- Ni- Walsh. Nico Ali Walsh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Layla's nephew. Right. Correct. Uh, yeah. The so scorecards were 60, 53, 59, 54, and 59, 54. What was the consensus Walsh. about, does it does it continue? Like, was this a a fight against a legitimate opponent? Was this a, like, does this make people say, like, this this dude is going places? Or does this it make was, people say, This was like, a fight to, you know, get set. closer to that higher, this number and no. Okay. Like, you know, he's got to get those fights to get to 20 and 0, yep. 25 and 0. Yep. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, continuing with what happened this past weekend, uh, Bellator 290 and DAZN uh, Amanda Serrano event happened. Uh, Amanda Serrano, she uh, had an impressive victory over Erica Cruz to become uh, uh, the undisputed champ, and she will have her rematch with Katie Taylor in Ireland in May. Um, and sadly, Fedor, he retired yeah. on a sad note. He kind of got... Uh, dispatched of by ryan bader in the first round um it made for a very uh gloom depressing sad weekend for uh mixed martial arts as well as Derek lewis also kind of getting dispatched um fight night um yeah just tough to see a lot of heavyweights go like that so yeah, yeah. um well, Derek Lewis will stick around, I think. You know, they'll, they'll give him they'll give him somebody easy next. I think, uh, and, and the hype will come back for Derek Lewis. I mean, people like watching Derek Lewis fight. Yeah. He's been a fun fighter to watch over the years. I, you know, I think everybody that is a Derek Lewis fan like kind of realizes that he, where he was in his career. I don't think that there was anybody that was still clinging to hopes that like he could be the greatest fighter of all time or something like that. Yeah, he has think, fun fights and then and that's the, I think it's just about watching a fun fighter. They always stick him up against some Olympian and then it always ruins his momentum. Yeah, there's <laughs> that. The Fedor thing I, you know what was more interesting to me is some of the comments afterwards, like um I, I guess Dana White tried to S on Fedor afterwards. Like I never thought he was one of the great heavyweights of all time or something like that. Whereas was pointed out by a few MMA writers, like Dana White absolutely was trying to sign Fedor, and if he had successfully done it, he would have promoted him as being the greatest, you know, heavyweight fighter in the history of mixed martial arts. So it's very self-serving. Mm-hmm. Th- there's somewhere between those two things is the truth, which is that Fedor was one of the most hyped fighters of all time. I drove up to n- East Rutherford, New Jersey, back when the Nets used to play at the Meadowlands, at that kind of crap arena that existed there. Is I don't like remember Prudential what it was called. Or 
I thought that was the one in Newark, was the, the Prudential new, Center. Newark, okay. This was the one literally right next to the football stadium. Um, and I drove up when they were doing the heavyweight Grand Prix that ended up being a disaster. Like, fighters got hurt. Like, they they had really, I guess this would have been Strike Force, had, like, really mm-hmm. promoted this heavyweight Grand Prix. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Look up who all, I think it was Antonio Silva ended up being, but it was ill-fated. Like, they had done a lot of promotion for it. I remember them bringing out fighters on Radio Row when we were at the Super Bowl, and they went heavy on promoting this heavyweight Grand Prix and then Fedor lost early, and somebody else got hurt. I think like a replacement fighter might have ended up winning the Grand Prix. Like it was a disaster, and this was supposed to be a big moment for the company. And part of it was Fedor, like all of this hype and everybody buying in the Last Emperor, and then he loses, and you're like, oh yeah. no. But yeah, it's 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 no secret that Dana was trying to sign him um, during that during his reign. He kept. Beating guys that were leaving the UFC for other this personal was, this problems. This was with 2012, Daniel. by the way. Daniel Cormier was apparently part of it. So, like in hindsight, yeah, it was actually cool. But UFC bought Strikeforce probably a little bit after that too, as well. Yeah, when was that? When was I'm trying to I'm trying to find the actual event that I went to. It was definitely at the arena in New Jersey. I I believe it was called the Izod Center Strikeforce. Yeah, let me see if I can. Uh, a, no, no, no. Strikeforce Heavyweight Grand Prix. Was it June or? Uh yeah maybe that sounds about right. Hang on a second. I can I can find it. Former. Uh, Strikeforce Fedor versus Silva. This was the event, and, and Silva An- Antonio Silva beat Fedor in the second round. It was a a doctor stoppage, but he was mm. like he won the fight. Yeah, right. There was no no doubt about it. And it it really kind of changed things for everybody. Like that moment really changed the course of. Fedor, it changed the course of Strike Force. Like this was their moment, this was their chance, and it all kind of went to hell when, you know, Fedor lost, lost that fight. Uh, from there, he lost his next fight. Oh, he had a Dan Henderson. Oh God. And that's some Dana mentioned. He was like, uh, "How can he be the best when he lost a middleweight Dan Hendo?" I mean, <laughs> dude. I mean, yeah. Like no disrespect to the career that Dan Henderson had, right. but like. Come on, man! Like, what? Are, yeah, are that's we... as caveman, archaic boxing as you get. And then in, in Bellator, it was just all kind of cheap. It was almost carnival stuff, right? And like, who could we throw him into a, a ring with that people would care about? Whether mm-hmm. it was, you know, Frank Mir, Chael Sonnen, or Ryan Quinn uh, Rampage. Rampage Jackson. Way after. God, yeah. I, and I used to love Rampage Jackson too. Oh, yeah. that was my d- dude. He used to come on my shows a lot. Like, uh-huh. he was great. And then he did the movie, the the eighteen movie, and he was going to be a major celebrity and then he just kind of you know did drifted away um there is a point there there is a point again it is convenient for dana white and of course dana white is the the carnival barkeriest of all of the carnival barkers right like he is very comfortable in that role so anytime he says something you immediately can roll your eyes and just sort of say all right dude like you were trying to sign the guy but the point of where do we actually view Fedor as a fighter? I don't know. Like, he definitely was a great fighter, but he's not only not the greatest heavyweight of all time. Is he a top five? Is he a top... What do the results actually tell us about who Fedor was? I think the question becomes, how much do we really know about everything he did? Like, he beat a lot of legitimate... He beat Mirko. He beat, you know, Andre Arlovsky. He beat Tim Sylvia. He beat... I mean, like, there are good wins before, you know, he became... He came to... Became a prominent American fighter. He has he has the prominence he has because he rod. was beating guys in Ryzen, um, 
and not Ryzen. Um, um uh, it was uh, Pride. Uh, Pride. Pride. Yes. Pride when it, uh, during a time when Pride was looked at as the uh like the elite top tier right. sure. like promotion. Shogun, Shogun they were there. they were yeah. above the UFC at that time and having the elite fighters and having the elite events. Look, it's an interesting so. it's an interesting debate. Um I I was really I'm telling you I was willing to drive 3 hours to East Rutherford, New Jersey on a Saturday night to go watch Fedor fight because it was that big of a deal to me. Like I really wanted I couldn't believe that I was getting to see, you know, Fedor fight in America. Like I was I was thrilled. Um and you know, even after he, I forgot that he had lost before that. I forgot that he lost to Verdum. Oh God, I totally yeah, forgot I know, about I that. I utterly forgot about that. Uh, a first round submission, and I was still that excited about the idea of watching Fedor fight. Like that's, I, I, dude, I got in the car and drove on a Saturday night, three hours to go watch that dude fight, and drove back in the middle of the night. Like that's how excited I was about Fedor. All right, uh, one other thing. Uh, something that um has been talked about this week that people seemingly aren't as excited as MMA fans would say you should be excited for uh, two guys fighting this weekend for the number one pound for pound status under the UFC banner. Volkanovski is challenging for the and moving up for the 155 belt uh, after beating Max Holloway and Korean Zombie last year. And Islam Makachev has recently seen his pound for pound status rise after defeating lightweight great Charles Oliveira. The two have a combined uh, two losses in pro MMA, MMA, sorry, and um, yeah, uh, there's just a conversation that uh, there's been under promotion of this pay per view event um, uh, in relation to other ventures by Dana White, and uh, I could really try and do my best sales pitch for this card in Perth, Australia, but outside of the two title fights, it is very just yeah, put he- together, and for the seventy seventy nine ninety nine pay per view price. It's it's hard to really yeah I maybe go make a sales it. pitch for I, I somewhere else yeah I hundred percent agree with you Charles I mean even even the other the featherweights interim title I am not even too all excited about yeah it's Gaia uh, uh, Rodriguez and uh, Josh Emmett and okay. and this is the fight Josh the only reason Josh Emmett is there is because he won a split decision over Calvin Cater who's my favorite guy and and he shouldn't have even won that because Cater won that fight okay. so. it's hard to get excited for it because they're <laughs> now, fighting now, for now it. now you're doing the bit that Ken was uh, <laughs> uh, accusing me of doing a little bit earlier where you're putting some personal bias in well there, there. is yeah well um, I mean Emmett's a good guy he d- I mean he deserves a f- title shot at some point but I don't think he deserves this title shot so. They're fighting for an interim belt that is the belt that Max, I mean, Volkanovski holds right now. Like, it's, like, kind of one of those yeah. things where... All right, so here's my real question. Do you actually believe that the winner of this fight is the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world? Um, I, there's, two yeah. pro- there's two problems here. Look, yeah. the, the one that you don't want to deal with is the fact that neither one of them is an American fighter, and they both have difficult names to pronounce. So, like, this is just the way that the world works. I'm not giving a pass for it. American casual fight fans will not be as excited about it. Like, we'll never be as excited. It was the Khabib problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody within the fight game knew Khabib was the dude, but the casual fan was never going to embrace Khabib the way that they embraced Conor McGregor. Yeah. And, you know, even even Israel Adesanya... It, honestly, Israel Adesanya actually did a pretty good job of overcoming that, right? Like, he did a pretty good job of overcoming yeah, having a very, difficult name to pronounce. Very entertaining. And, yes. And you like, wanted to see him. Um, I would say Kamaru Usman. He overcame yeah, it. That's a, that's a great point. Of fact. Yeah. It's interesting. That's really interesting. That like, why do some guys overcome that and other guys don't? If Volkanovski wins this, he should be able to overcome. You that think kind he? Of thing? I think yeah. guys, it all he, comes down to just knowing how to. 
play the game, do the back and forth, yourself. the banter. Yeah. And that's the that. issue yeah. with these two guys. They're very respectful. This is this yeah. this should be. I mean, this is a really really exciting fight between because Volkanovski's kind of always been counted out at some point in all of his title defenses. Um, and he's and he's come and he's shown and he's shown up. Um, and then Islam is obviously the Habib prodigy, Habib two or yeah, Habib two point oh, and uh, and and it looks like he should go on a Habib type sure. run. Um, but again, they neither of them really you know. I'm in a weird place. Promote at themselves. At best, oh, I'm it doesn't, a, doesn't at, like the UFC is helping either. At best, I'm a casual fight fan at this point, right? Like I've you know I, I just have a lot of other things going on in my life. Once upon a time, I drove three hours to watch Fedor fight. Like I'm. I used to be a huge fight fan. I'm a casual at most at this point. And I've no juice. And I know it's a good fight. Like, I know it's a good fight. Again, I got no juice. And the rest of it, this card is, it, I mean, it's it's miserable. There's two it's, fights on the pre- oh, prelims. Like, they had four fights get canceled. Oh so gosh, I don't even geez. know how they're going to put it together because they have like six fights is on it, the early is prelims. It one that's but airing only on two ESPN? On the, uh, yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be on ESPN. The prelims are supposed rough. to be on ESPN. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be over. It's, yeah. They're really banking Oof. on some finishes. Eek. Eek. Yeah, I think Kai Car France and uh, and uh, Rob Whitaker were supposed to be on yeah. this card, and they had to pull out for some reason. Like that would have helped a lot. But yeah, Whitaker versus Costa and Car mm-hmm. France. I think had uh, Alex Perez. Perez, yeah. yeah. So that's Saturday night uh, again. In normal time in America, just the fight that's happening in Australia, but it's mm-hmm. a normal ten o'clock fight time for the pay per view. Yeah. All right. Very but good. We're gonna pick winners real quick. Or? <laughs> You're so good. Um, and other than that, I just had a preview of. Uh, UFC announced Tough 31, Conor McGregor. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, that was a big story. Probably yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah, um, going head-to-head as coaches. Uh, yeah, but that we starts May 30th. We don't know 30th. when their fight is going to be. It'll be in September, um, but they're, they've they been talking about it this past week uh, through the circles. Um, Conor has not entered back into the USADA pool, and he has to have two negative tests. Ooh. So Ooh. either they're going to do some cook, some home cooking or uh, – <laughs> I, I mean, I it's going to be pushed back. I think bit. the I think the answer is definitely the former. <laughs> I think we know that they're going to make sure. Can Conor even get they, to one fifty five? So yeah, that's the other thing. It's looking like it's going to be a seventy pound matchup. Okay. okay. So for for just the the stars and glamour, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good. Who do you think is going to win the fight, Griff? Uh, oh man, I th- I think Islam's going to win. Okay. I, I want to root for Volk. Um, I, I, it'd be really really cool if he wins, but it seems like Islam Makhachev just might be the boogeyman, and I'm not okay. sure who's going to beat him for a while. Okay. And then I'll take Yair in the other title fight. What about what about you? So I'm going to go with Volk because Khabib. It's it's been talked about will not be in Islam's corner for this fight. Right. He's thinking about. He's got one foot in the door, one foot out, whether he wants to continue coaching. And I think Islam's going to fall into that game of trying to kick box. And Volkanovski, he, like you said, he's always yeah, doubted. Yeah. And then he goes out there and completely smokes. I mean, Ortega had him in a rear naked choke for like a minute and a half. But that was two minutes of the fight, Ortega <laughs> yeah. won. And the other right, 23 right, exactly. minutes, he was getting dominated. So that's Zombie I'm, got dominated. I hope you're right. Looking back on it, Max got dominated in two of the fights. It's like, yeah. Mm. All right. I hope you're right. All right. Uh, but I think Islam. I still you want to wanna put a, a darkness retreat side bet on this? You want to <laughs> uh, maybe throw that in Oh, there? man. I'm not even going to pay for the pay-per-view. So <laughs> yeah. no, no. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Thank you, Charles. Good job. All Good right. job with the fighting words this week. Um, Griffin, I, I hate to keep pushing it back. We're going to have to push movie review That's back fine. again. I don't, know when, I don't know when we're going to do it. And I need you to watch another movie. So we're, we'll have to maybe we'll double do a double header next week, uh, something like that. But we'll push movie review back. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Oh, man. 
The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, all right, I wanted to, since we're talking about trades and obviously all these uh, NBA players playing for a bunch of different teams now, I wanted to see if there are five players who have played for who are tied to have played for the most NBA teams. Twelve of them. They played for twelve NBA teams. I want to see if you can name. No idea. I want to see oh, if you can name any. I already have two right off the bat in my head. I mean, go for it. Sam Cassell. No. No. Okay. I mean, he did play for a lot of teams. There. Uh, is it? G- John or Jim Jackson? I can't remember. There you go, Jim Jackson. Jackson. Jim Jackson played for twelve. Teams, I'm, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there because we had him on this week. The Joe Smith. It is Joe Smith. Okay. Also go. has also played for twelve. NBA so that teams. that's I should have guessed that one because Two uh, K does this thing where like with the historic teams they have players on the bottom of the bench that are like sixty overalls and their names are always Joe Smith. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. Um. Uh, uh, is there any chance of Tony Massenberg, fe- fellow former Turf, fellow friend of the program? There is a big right. chance. I didn't know if it was Tony 12 Massenburg, or not. 12 teams. I knew it was a lot. I yeah. knew he played for basically yeah. everybody, but I didn't know. And how many more did you say? There's there two more. There's two more. One of these guys is still active, is still in the league, so he might, he, he could break the record. He's still active, could break the league, the record. I just peeked and seen it, so I'm not going to say uh, anything. No. I don't think you're going to be able to guess. Oh, good. <laughs> it's. I mean, give me a, give me something. Okay, so the active guy is currently. Oh on, no, I, give me. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, are you giving me a hint? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah he's currently on the uh, the the Nuggets, and uh, and he's a, he's a point nuggets. guard. He's a point guard. Also played for the Wizards. That required me to know anybody yeah, right. who played for the Wizards. Recently played for the Wizards. Recently played for the Wizards. Well, it's not Will Barton. It is not because he went the other way. Yeah. Uh... I'm gonna feel stupid, but go ahead. Just tell you, yeah, uh, it is Ish Smith. Oh, Ish Smith. He Ish played for the Suns at one point mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, played for everybody, right? right. I get it. <laughs> uh, and this guy was, yeah, this guy was drafted at the end of the second round in 1989. He went to NC State. Um, there's really no hints. Tom Gugliotta. Yeah, no, I can't really. <laughs> I can't think. He was a. Uh, he won the NBA Say title. And, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, um, he won the NBA title in 1995 with the Rockets. With the Rockets out of NC. I don't. The Gugliotta drop that gives my like father PTSD. Why? Of being a '90s Wolves fan. Oh, okay. Just like All oh, right. he, he was Gugliotta. We dealt with him as Maryland. He was a hell of Wally Zerbiak. Oh, God. It was, Christian Leitner. It was all white guys. Huh? Yeah. They just went white. Got a white. Got a white. Did Cherokee Parks ever end up with the Timberwolves? Possibly. Probably. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're gonna get him. He played for the Suns in '96. Uh, Chucky Brown. I don't even know who Chucky yeah, Brown Chucky is. Brown. I'm being completely honest with you. I've never heard. Played for 12 NBA teams. Apparently he Gets did. his name uh, on this on this list Apparently in this did. conversation. All All right. Has to be mentioned. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Some of those were names I could have gotten. I, I I would not have gotten Jim Jackson either. Like, I would have not. We would never get. I only would have gotten Joe Smith and Tony Massenberg because they're Maryland guys. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason that we joke about that sometimes. All right, very good. Uh, let's get Tubular. Tubular is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. That's who is Cherokee Parks. Holy crap. In a Wolves uniform. They really had all of them. <sighs> Every single one. God. You know, in fairness, um, Wally Zerbiak was a player, man. This like, is, I like Wally Zerbiak. This isn't even the era in question for like Wolves fans. There was an era where... Uh, Rick Adelman was our coach, okay, and he was just bringing in Europe. It was when we had Kevin Love, only Europeans. He would not bring in any Americans, 
only Europeans. We had AK-47. We had Vucevic, Ricky oh. Rubio. Uh, yeah, some of those guys uh, could play. Who's the like, other small point guard? Uh, not Della Vadova, but uh, Barbosa. Barea. Oh, yeah, Barea. We had Luke Ridnour. Like, I can't. I can't even believe I'm remembering all these people. But like, only Europeans. That is a rough. That is a rough stretch. All right, uh, bet five dollars with DraftKings and instantly get two hundred dollars in bonus bets for this weekend's big game. Get this and other great sportsbook promos and specials at pressboxonline.com/offers. That's pressboxonline.com/offers. Here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular wise, uh, Maryland women are in action. This evening, and again on television, which I like, although last week I didn't like it when Caitlin Clark was dropping 40 on them. Tonight they're at Northwestern, 8.30 on Big Ten Network. Big Ten Hoops this evening, ESPN2, Iowa, Purdue at 7, FS1 for Northwestern, Ohio State at 8. The rest of the college basketball find at glennclarkradio.com. TNT, Bulls, Nets at 7.30, Bucks, Lakers at 10. That was, of course, going to be exciting yeah. because it was supposed to be LeBron James going for to break the record, and now it's nothing <laughs> like it's you see d'angelo russell's debut with that's the true i guess that's there's that i don't Ow, I, yeah, I wish i could i wish i could swap out bulls nets for uh sons hawks i wish they could do that oh that i think kd I th- he was already dealing with a knee injury i think they said he so he's not gonna be, play anyway with the nets i think they're saying he should be back bef- after the all-star break okay um so it's but like, who knows you know maybe that just goes yeah away. all of a sudden it goes he's away. just <laughs> fine now that he's in phoenix it wouldn't surprise me uh espn Warm weather it's dude <laughs> makes a lot of people feel better although tonight's game's in atlanta so uh, ESPN Avalanche Lightning at 7 o'clock. Golf Channel for round one of the Waste Management Open, which is also out in Arizona at 3 o'clock. Arizona is the Arizona, center of the I sports know. universe right now. That's at 3 o'clock. That's, of course, the one where everybody gets drunk. If like I, I, it's That's their big selling point. Watch this golf tournament because everybody gets drunk and throws their beers out on the course when um, – Somebody makes a. Did you uh, go to that when you were? Oh, I, I not only did I go to it, I hate. I, mean, I talked about this. I hated it. I everybody kept on going on about how great the Waste Management Open was, and I was like, you know, I can drink anywhere, right? <laughs> like, I don't have to be at a golf tournament in order to drink, and I just care so nothing about golf that when every like, and the problem too is everybody like they were talking to me like, oh, dude, yeah, you're gonna miss the Preakness, but here we've got the Waste Management Open. I'm like, all right, and then I get there, and I'm like, not the Preakness, guys. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like it's still a golf tournament. Yeah, at least there's excitement for two minutes. You know. Yeah, I mean, like, like I get it. Like in in hindsight, the Preakness then because they didn't have music in the infield at oh, that okay. point. Like it was just all you were doing was just getting rip roaring drunk and <laughs> like people were running. Remember, this is why they had to change things in the infield. Like people were running across the urinals and everybody was throwing full beer cans at them. I mean, it was an S show on the Preakness infield, which is why they changed everything all those years ago. Um, but I got out there and I'm just like, what the. Like you guys care this much about it's just a golf tournament. It, it stinks. Yes, I get it. You can drink, but again, I can drink at a bar. I can drink at my house. I don't need to come to a golf tournament in order to drink. I did not. It was, it was a vastly overrated experience. But I did get to play in. They they did a like it wasn't a pro am. It was like a media event where you got to try to hit the green on the famous 16th okay. hole. They did do that. I did not. Oh. I missed it badly. <laughs> missed it badly. Could have told us you just you got really close. Or nope. you, got, you, got, you, you hit the I'm green not, really I, far. I want to make this very clear. Although, From randomly one time, because, again, when you live in Arizona, that's golf is like part yeah. of life. And so, especially when you work in radio, they're, you're constantly being asked to be in a, like a celebrity golf event. And I'm like, I, f- I would always feel terrible. And, Somebody would show up and they think they were getting like Mark Grace as their celebrity partner and it'd be the dope from the radio <laughs> station. Like, hi, I'm Glenn. Do you want to take some pictures with me? And I suck at golf. So got that going for us. But there was one that I played in. There was a, uh, uh, there was a closest to the pin 
and it was a car, but you had to pay a hundred fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, something like that, in order to get in, in order to win the car. And like it was a somebody was winning the car. You didn't have to hit a hole in one. Somebody was winning the car because it was just close to the pin. And I was like, guys, I suck. <laughs> like I'll I'll give twenty bucks to the charity or whatever. Like I'm. I'm very bad at golf. Like, I'm not going to do this. And I swear to God, I put it within three feet. Wow. Like, three feet. Would you have won? The hole. Oh, 1,000%. Wow. I won. And in fact... The, How much of your life would be different if you would? The lady after, after I hit the shot was like, if everybody's good with it in your group, I'll let you pay now. Right? Like, I'll let you pay now. And there was one person in the group was like, <laughs> that's not... And they weren't even going to win. Like, their shot was terrible. Like, they weren't even going to win. And they were like... That's not fair to everyone. That we we can't do that. That's a that's against the. I'm like Jesus Christ, lady. <laughs> right, I don't think it was a lady. I think it was a dude. Like man, that's so. Yep, I would I would have won a car. Need a new I car? Would, much? Like, I, I would have ruined it. I was I was only like 25 at the time. It was a big deal. Like I would have won a car, wow. but I just didn't put the money down yeah. because I was convinced that I was gonna suck and I was gonna miss badly, and I literally stuck it. Like it was one. Of, it didn't roll there. I stuck the shot like it hit and it dropped and I didn't because like I'm not good at golf and I can't tell and I knew it was a good shot like I felt good about it I I saw it going towards the green but somebody up near the green started freaking out like convinced that I had put my money in and I had just won the car like there was somebody up by the green like Yo! <laughs> the point where for a second I thought I might have hit a hole in one I was like oh my god I, I didn't do that but yeah so watch the waste yeah. management today. Yeah, for whatever. Yeah. All that was to say, watch the waste yeah. management uh, T- tonight at nine on NBC and NFL Network. The NFL honors, so we will learn about all the awards as well as the Hall of Fame class tonight. MLB Network will announce the World Baseball Classic rosters at six o'clock mm-hmm. this evening, and Access TV for Impact Wrestling at eight. Non-sports highlights. Uh, Kelly Clarkson's hosting the NFL honors. Make sure ah, can't make sure miss that. that. Mm-hmm. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. I'm not gonna lie. There's a couple Kelly Clarkson songs that are still bangers. Uh, to of course. Me. Yeah. Since you've been gone, banger, banger. What doesn't kill you makes you strong. Then I don't feel I like as strongly one. about that one. Behind one. these hazel eyes, jam and a half. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is promoting Cocaine Bear on James Corden. I didn't uh, know that he was in that. Apparently Ice he is. Cube's, I didn't know he was Ice Cube's son. Of I've already looked to see if I can watch it online twice, and it still hasn't <laughs> you know, came out so, in theaters. You know, you're not supposed to pirate these things, or at least not admit to. Well, no, like to stream it, like oh, to like on. Stream. Okay. Yeah. Okay, very good. But it hasn't even come out in theaters. Like I'm that you, intrigued. I tell you what, you shouldn't pay to stream. The Banshees of Anishirin. Don't waste your time. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, also, McConaughey has won Fallon. And of course, Colin Farrell's um, going to win Best Actor, too. Like, he's going to win. And I'm going to be like, eh. New uh, season of uh, Impractical Jokers premieres tonight on True TV. Oh, that's nice. Have you and I had this conversation? Well, I'm Did sure you? we have. I, pr- I talked about it over the summer like, when there are new episodes. I was yeah, reminding you every week. It's fake. Let's see. You know, it's not. Who cares? Also, I don't think it's that fake. It's definitely um, fake. And also, who cares? It's funny. I, uh, fine. I'm good with that. <laughs> Uh, new season of You premieres on Netflix tonight oh, or today. I've yeah. definitely watched every. Yes. I know it's for chicks, but I've watched every part because what's his face? Penn Badgley's from Baltimore, but like, oh really? I was yeah. wondering why he was making the media tour the last couple weeks. Yeah. I've seen him like he's a couple been, times. I'm like, huh. Uh, Tyus is really into You as well. Oh, we really? talked about oh, You yeah. a few times. Like, um, I I hate the fact that I love that show, but I do. <laughs> I am such a chick in that way. Like, I love You. Um, and the new episode of uh, Poker Face on Peacock. Oh, the uh, Natasha Leon. Yeah, yeah, Natasha Leon. Yeah. That's it. Very good. Thanks today to uh, Dana Hughes. Thanks also to Chelsea Janes. Thanks to Ken Zalis. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Thanks to all of you that were fighting with me about Kevin Durant. I get it. You're welcome. You got a lot of hate in your hearts. It's fine. I understand. But you know, you're wrong.
Well, that's just the way that it goes. Uh, Stan the fan will be here tomorrow. Do we have anything? Uh, Jacob Copeland should be able to join us. Really? Tomorrow. Yes. All right. Former Maryland wide receiver getting ready for the NFL draft. Not the perfect day for that, but we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Uh, uh, stuff and things. You know, okay. Working on. All right. Good. It's very hopeful. Yeah, I'm hopeful. Good. I we better be hopeful. <laughs> all right. That's tomorrow on the program. Uh, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Eights Memorabilia, Maryland Vascular Specialist, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Uh, Charles, it's at AP28. Yep, indeed. That's it? Mm-hmm. AP28? Just yep. AP? I thought it was something else. Charles really? AP28? Charles AP28. That's what yeah. I meant. I was like, you really got AP28? Yeah. Adrian Peters? Oh, you said that? Charles. Yeah. and then uh, you, you, so, Charles yeah. AP28 is how you follow him on Instagram at Griffin underscore Bass to follow him, us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Instagram. And we got new content this week at TikTok. Charles is working hard on that. Appreciate him for it. All right. Have a, a great Thursday evening. Go Maryland women. Duke sucks.